0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. Tonight's episode is going to be about saying goodbye to our dear friends, Cons of Tarkir and Fate Reforged. While they are not going away forever, they are going away in our hearts and in Standard. And what this means is coming this Friday, there is going to be what we call a Rotation Meaning that cons and fate reforge will no longer be legal in the standard format, which I think I may do an episode about talking about rotation and what, you know, is something you should do or or something that you can and should do, you know, when you're. When rotating out, you know, when should you sell your cards or, you know, should you keep on to them or, you know, stuff like that? What should you buy? I mean, you should definitely buy a lot of sealed boxes, buy as much sealed product as you can. Disclaimer, that is not a good idea. So don't pay attention to that. Um, So yeah, that, that was pretty much what the interview was about. Just Alec and I talking about, you know, just fond memories of cons. And then we go off into some other tangents here and there. So, just before we get into the interview, you can now find Magic with Zuby on the Stitcher app. What is really cool about Stitcher is not only can you get it to work on iPhone and iPad, it also is available on Android and Kindle Fire and Nook, I think, too. So, if my three listeners... I think I'm up to three listeners now. If my three listeners you know, want to get rid of their iPhones and want to listen to my awesome show on Android, you know, you can, boom, go right ahead and download Stitcher and, boom, search for Magic with Zuby because, damn, it is that awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, do it, I dare you. There's a lot of cool shows on Stitcher like mine and some others, so... Yeah, I, I dare you to download Stitcher and listen to me. I mean, I I can't even contain how much I would dare you to do it. So, um other shout outs I'd like to give is to mtgcast.com for, you know, helping me put my show out there for, you know, the listening sphere to listen to because that's a word. And you know, it's a pretty cool website. It's got a lot of other magic podcasts on there too that are There, some of them are pretty good. Some of them are funny. Some are really informative. You know, you've got, you've got people on there talking about, you know, how tournament results and, you know, how to build decks and whatever. And then you just got shows that just like to shoot the shit and whatnot. So, you know, definitely check out mtgcast.com and check me out on there too. And you can also visit my website, magicwazooby.com and see all the latest articles that I write about and my happenings and ongoings in the magic community and how just plain awesome I am. So I think you should really check that out too. And you can also find me on Twitter on at magic with Zuby. And you can also find me on my personal Twitter at Zubatron Z-U-B-A-T-R-O-N. And what else? Oh yeah, Facebook. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I haven't used that in a while. Or have I? I don't know. Just whatever. Facebook.com slash magicwazooby. Check it out. Like the page. Share it. Do whatever it is you kids do on that social media there. You heard, you know. Um, yeah, what else is there? have any other social media stuff? Got an Instagram. I mean, a personal one that I sometimes post video videos, photos of magic cards. Does that count? Not really. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Oh yeah. You can email me if you have any questions at all, or if you want to submit a question to the Q and a, you can email me at mtgzubi at gmail.com. And I will happily read your question on the podcast and answer it to the best of my knowledge and to the best of the ways I, that I can. Because that's just what I do. But anyways, here's the interview. Hey, man, how's it going?
1: Good, Zuby. How you doing tonight?
0: Oh, just glad I'm not working forever. That's what...
1: <laughs> I can understand that.
0: Hey yeah, man, so how how you been?
1: Been pretty good. Been pretty good. Been hanging in there, hanging in there, playing a little magic here and there, and uh, just uh, kind of uh, enjoying life at the moment.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I didn't even go to magic last night. I know we were supposed to try to do this last night, but I'm almost kind of glad you canceled. Because as soon as <laughs> as soon as I got the message you canceled, I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, tonight just turned into a real uh a real uh disaster area for me so I, I, i'm glad that you were cool with it because there was just no way it was happening
0: oh yeah no i totally understand why too now it's like as soon as i saw the message like yep i'm passed out <laughs> like not hey. even 10 minutes later i was i was sound asleep
1: <laughs> good you needed the rest man you've been working you've been working like a dog
0: yeah i don't know if you saw my tweets like where like tweeting in the middle of the night and all that because I was still at work at 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, and... I saw
1: a couple of them the next morning. I mean, I wasn't up, but.
0: Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I guess to make a long story short, Dell switches are absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, elaborate on that just a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, we have this big multi million dollar project that's going on that was supposed to go live last friday april 1st mm-hmm. and our switches that are keeping up the new environment decide to take a shit a week before go live
2: Aww. and
0: they're dell switches and i i've been working you know crazy amounts of hours to you know try to get them up and running and the night before i told myself you know i'm gonna stay for as long as it takes and 1 a.m hit and it's like these are not gonna work tomorrow And so we, we got escalated to like the supposed, you know, top of the top Dell engineers and all that, and they couldn't figure out why. And yeah. So
1: (laughs) yeah, for whatever that's worth, I mean, (laughs) escalation can only go so far.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So today we actually had one of Dell's top engineers come on site and I had him build the switches from scratch. They brought oh, in wow. new switches. I'm like, yep, you know what? You're gonna do it. I'm not even touching this. So if it screws up, it's not on me.
1: <laughs> I mean that's that's the that's the silver lining here, right? At least at least you got a fallback plan.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's just been oh, it was just not a fun week. And then yeah and then, you know, pre release happened last Friday. It did. And, and you pull anything good?
1: Well, I mean I got to go. And really, all I did was open a pool. I didn't get to stay for the whole tournament, which was a drag. Uh, I got a couple of uh, nice little pools. I did pull a thing in the ice, which I was happy about. At uh, nice. Westville Abbey, which uh, which I'm excited to play in the in the upcoming standard season. I need oh, a nice. couple of those. Um, and then uh, round one, I, I did actually wind up winning. I went with a, uh, a blue. Uh, it was actually a, a kind of a three color deck. I went uh, almost Esper uh the white splash was very very mild um round 1 I did fine 2-1 I won that one and then round 2 I uh, I wound up losing pretty hard to a to a pretty aggressive uh vampire's pool that was just insane Ooh, um damn. and that was uh that was when I called it a night because that was the uh, the midnight release and oh, normally yeah. normally I really try to stick through those but yeah it was just not happening so <laughs> I was just like I'm just going to pack up my cards and go home that's fine
0: Oh, no, I know what you mean. Usually, I, I'll i go to the midnight release, and I may stay for a round or two, but lately, I just cannot stay for the whole thing. Like, I'm done yeah, by, exactly. like, 2 a.m.
1: And really, it's more like the, the midnight release, to me, is kind of just more like a, a novelty type thing. It's like, yeah, I get to open my cards quicker than anybody else. You know, that's just basically the whole reason why I'm here.
0: So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the only things that I pulled that were good was a Sorin. And um, my promo was the green white dual land. I, th- I forget what it's called. It's like port something. Oh
1: nice. Something. Yeah. The, uh, one of the the rare duel? Yeah. Oh cool.
0: Yeah. So that wasn't bad. And, um. Other than that, I didn't really pull anything great. I did get another dual land, but eh, it was the black black blue one. Okay. And um. Yeah, other than that, the Sorn was the only good thing. And I ended up not even playing him because the pool of black cards I had were absolute crap. Ooh. Like th- there was like nothing good at all. Like, That's I,
1: hard too because it seems like you know just looking at it from a limited perspective, black does seem pretty strong. I mean, my black was when I mean, it was okay, but I mean it it was weird because I really thought black was going to be a super strong color, but even my black was not where I where I thought it would be just looking at the pre uh you know the spoilers and stuff like that.
0: Oh, no, true. Yeah, it's I think black was the least amount of colored cards i got out of Hmm. all the five colors interesting so yeah so i ended up going with a green white um human slash werewolf deck okay okay which um i only played the first round and i beat him 2-0 he was playing an is it red red blue deck and just couldn't keep up with all my creatures and didn't didn't have anything to stop him either
1: yeah it seems like it's uh that's that's going to be a tough color combination. I, I don't see a whole lot happening from red and blue. I, I could be pleasantly surprised, um, but it seems like this format from just from what I saw at pre-release, it seems like this format's going to be a little bit faster than I would have first given it a credit for. So, uh, and red blue seems a little slower. Um, so it might be just that
0: that can't hang. But yeah, I, I guess know. we'll just have to wait and see. I know I'll be drafting um, it this friday because oh um, my, yeah my store usually does drafts a few like a few drafts you know the first day a set comes out because no one has decks ready yeah and all that so
1: we do the same thing actually that'll probably be what we even do for f and just because you know, we have a couple of guys that you know already have their decks pretty much built by the time they walk in to pre-release because they've done all their pre-orders and stuff like that but the rest of us just kind of don't uh, so that first week is typically just Draft City
0: around here. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I already got my um, Eldrazi Ramp deck built and ready to go. It's, oh nice! Um, I took out all the you know Cons and Fate Reforge cards, and um, the oh, I think the only card I really need from um, the new set are the Deathcap Cultivators.
1: Yeah, yeah, that card's going to be pretty sick in in Eldrazi ramp, I think. I mean, just just giving you another mana dork to replace what you're losing is is going to be helpful.
0: Yeah, I'm using Leaf Gilder for now just as a temporary until I get a place set of those.
2: Mhm. I mean, so, that's
1: not a that's not a bad fix. I mean, it's definitely no rattleclaw mystic, but, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, it it kind of, you yeah, know, nowhere near as good, but <laughs> it's I am playing the list where I have, at least I'm going back to four of of Explosive Vegetation, and this is Pilgrimage. And, oh yeah,
1: all the good stuff.
0: Yep, and I've got three Chandra's in there too, so Ooh. that should be a nice little sweeper. It's not as good as Ugin, but it'll have to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's just the thing, is just kind of finding those replacements. And I mean, Chandra is, you know, I love Ugin, I don't think there will be too much that will be able to replace him, but... I mean, Chandra's right up there. That's definitely a card that if that's your only powerful card in your hand with a bunch of ramp, I mean, she can take over a game and end it pretty quick if your opponent doesn't deal with her right away.
2: So,
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. No, but other than that, um, you know, like I said, I only stayed for one round. and, and Oh, yeah, my, my opponent who was playing red-blue, the only reason he did was because he got a thing in the ice as well. Yeah. And um, he never did manage to flip it because I ended up just killing him too fast so yeah
1: it's it's slow i mean you definitely have to have a pretty dedicated control deck built around that and and in limited cards like i mean i honestly i think uh thing in the ice is going to be a difficult limited card to play yeah just because you've got to have that you know just massive amounts of instant sorceries and really in this set there aren't too many instants and sorceries that are all that exciting um for limited reasons, so I really don't think thing in the like a lot of people will probably still wind up first picking it, but it's just not going to flip as often as you would in, in say constructed. In constructed, I think that card's going to be a powerhouse, but limited, it certainly loses a lot of its luster.
0: Yeah, I really hope that a good um control shell comes out. I've been um, I haven't had I haven't really had that much time to try to figure out you know new decks I want to build. I tried um. Coming up with another Elf list for standard, which is mm. very similar to my other Atarka Elves deck, you know, just splashing red. Okay. And um, it just felt very, I don't know, very boring. I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think Elves it needs a little bit of it. It needs more Dorks, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, it does. Elves is best when you've got like the turn one Lanowar Elves and the turn two. Uh, you know, Elvish Arch Druid into turn three just vomit my hand on the board. So I mean, it's uh, I don't, I don't think there's a lot to like about elves. Uh, because Shaman of the Pact is a super powerful card. I just don't think it's quite there to that level.
0: Yeah, I have to agree because when I was playing elves in the beginning of Zendikar, um, I didn't have Sylvan Advocate, so I thought maybe with Sylvan Advocate out. You know, I mean, Sylvan Advocate's really good. It's just, I just can't see myself getting up to six lands that quickly, though. And that's the thing.
1: I mean, Elves begs to be a super aggressive deck. And so, I mean, while Sylvan Advocate is awesome, and and if I was going to build an Elves deck, obviously he would be an automatic four of. uh, But, you know, you're looking to have so much pressure by turn six, that your opponent is virtually dead at that point, and uh, oh yeah, so you know he just doesn't quite. I just I don't think he quite lives up to his full potential. But even as a two three vigilance for two, I mean it's you know obviously something an elf deck would want. So I'm, I'm I would still think he would be a four of in any elf deck you'd want to build. It's just you're probably not turning him into a four or five that often.
0: No, I can't see it. And now with fetch lands gone, yeah, it's... that makes it harder it's going to be a little bit harder to get the lands you need i mean there is traverse the uvenwald or oh, the
1: the really bad evolving wilds
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean it gets a land in your hand i mean the only good i see it is really just being for mana fixing
1: yeah but and, um... I mean, it, it's fine for honestly like i think it's in the set for delirium yeah um just because it's it's one of the few easy ways to get a land in your graveyard mhm um Obviously there are a whole bunch of other ways you can do it, but really I think I think uh that card is really only there for uh uh maybe for limited, I don't know. But I mean it it seems like it's one of the few easy ways to get a land in your graveyard. Well
0: it doesn't put it in your graveyard, it just puts it in um
1: Oh, you know what? Your I'm, hand. Th- I'm thinking of the uh right. Traverse the Uvenwald is the one green uh that can become a tutor later in the game, right? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking of the uh, the actual land. What was it? The 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 bad evolving wilds. Pay two taps. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the shitty land. Um, yeah, I don't, I
1: don't know. I heard Uvenwald, and I I think that's something Uvenwald or something like that. And I, it, that just didn't click. My brain's not working properly at the moment.
0: Oh, That's all right. <laughs> My brain hardly ever works. So, <laughs> so I understand that. No, I I can't remember the name. I know I got some, and I'm just looking at it like this is a second i wouldn't even play this unlimited
1: <laughs> no and i mean really like i said it's it's you know my whole argument that i made a second ago it, it's really only there for delirium strategies yeah just because it gets a land into your graveyard but there are so many better ways to do it and if i'm paying it, it, you're not even you're not even ramping at that point because you're basically playing paying three mana to get a third mana or no no this is not good this is terrible
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, um trying to think anything else happened. Uh, I didn't go to Modern last night, obviously, mm. and uh, I did go to Modern the week before and played my Delver deck again.
2: Oh,
1: yeah, you got a you got a new piece of spice there uh with the uh did you uh take a look at the uh, uh the news as far as the banned and restricted list goes for Modern?
0: Oh yeah, the ancestral visions yeah, is unbanned ances- now.
1: Ancestral Visions
0: Unbanned. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean I'll definitely test it out, but I'm not gonna invest in it yet.
2: No, um, I mean
1: you know, it's it's definitely not as powerful as it used to be because it was busted when, when honestly when Blood Breed Elf was a thing. Yeah, because yeah,
0: of Cascade.
1: Yeah, I mean and that's where it's that's where it gets super busted and I think that's why Wizards feels comfortable unbanning it now. Um, but i've been watching uh recently a lot of people play testing with ancestral visions, and it's still even if you just suspend it on turn two or turn one, just the inevitability that i'm gonna be drawing three cards here in a few minutes is is pretty stinking powerful
0: yeah it's not too bad um like I said, I may try it out i'm not I'm not gonna probably invest in it right now. I'll I'll be curious to see what some other lists are looking like before I do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I am super excited about Sword of the Meek just because that was a that was a deck that I fell in love with, but um and I've been watching a couple people play it. I was actually before you called I was watching Pascal Menard just put up a a a playtest set of videos he did on channel Fireball um running kind of a, a blue black Tezzeret deck that has the Sword of the Meek Doctor Foundry con- combo in it.
0: Ooh, that uh, sounds fun.
1: It did look like a lot of fun. Uh, That looks like a deck that I would enjoy very, very much.
0: Yeah, and that does sound a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, I saw one list. I think it was on Reddit somewhere talking about, you know, Tezzeret, was it Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas? Yeah,
1: that's the one. The one that can either... uh, Basically impulses for artifacts or turns one of your artifacts into a 5-5, which is just devastating.
0: God, that's insane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And when you're making, you know, when you're making basically as many Thopters as you have mana every turn, then that just becomes just nuts.
2: And
0: you're pretty much done. Yep. I don't think I have, no, I don't have any Tezzeret, Agent Ebolus. I have the other one. Um, Uh, Tezzeret the Seeker? Yeah,
1: yeah. I I mean that's the one that is seen a little bit more play commander wise and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I've always loved. I mean, I, I always loved Tezzeret, Agent of Bolus. Like I I played the crap out of a when he was standard legal. We had the Tezzeretor combo, which was a lot of fun to play, and he was awesome in that deck. So I've always loved him. But
0: yeah, I, I wasn't around in standard when he was legal.
1: He didn't see I mean cuz that was back on the I guess was it was a, still in the middle of kind of the Cobblade days so it was well, Yeah, that right was in,
0: Alara, right?
1: No, that was uh, uh he came out in Meriden
0: Oh, Meriden Besieged, that's yeah, right.
1: So it was in the scars of Meriden block. So we still had Cobblade floating around. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Is the deck that you know the kind of more top tier deck he was played in was a little bit too slow to kind of hang with Cobblade and and all those powerful decks, so it didn't see a ton of play. But it was just it was a ton of fun, and he's a super fun planeswalker and super powerful, so it was just a lot of fun to play.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. See, that's what I wish I got. It. I wish I got back into Magic sometimes earlier than I did, taking oh. so many breaks. It's like I missed out on so many fun broken times
1: yeah well <laughs> i don't know if i'd call the Codblade days all that fun certainly broken but I, I don't know about fun i mean just as the well, guy, just as the guy who couldn't afford cowboy you know
0: oh yeah no i know to me but to me it's um you know because i read about the bands and how broken it was i just would have loved to have gone to a store and just hear people cry about you know it being broken oh I, yeah it's one of my little guilty pleasures of hearing people cry about broken stuff
1: well, I mean, and the funny thing was is that, you know, I had I had just started playing in Shards of Alara. So I I had started playing, I'd gotten my feet wet, and then Cobblade became a thing, uh, right after that. Uh when, you know, World Wake came out and um it was uh, you know, it, it was kind of funny to watch the progression of it because at first everybody was just playing the stock list and then as it got older and everybody was playing Cobblade. I think 90% of my shop's meta at that point was Coblade. People just, I mean, Cobblade became so inbred, you know, people were just building Cobblade decks that beat Coblade. that beat Cobblade. And
2: it, <laughs> it just, it went
1: down this horrible chain. So, I mean, if you were the lucky guy who could find a way to beat Coblade, which there weren't too many ways then, you know, you were almost guaranteed to take down the store that night because everybody was just playing cobblade decks that beat cobblade decks. It was, it was gross. Oh
0: God. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing with local metas that, you know, that's one of the things I like about local metas, but I also hate. Oh yeah. Is you have that one guy that plays that one non-meta deck, you know, that, you know, you're, what quote-unquote tier one tier two deck just can't seem to beat. oh yeah be, but if you take that you know non-meta deck to a tournament it'd get wrecked oh absolutely. it's just it's just oh god i had this one guy at my shop all he would play is just mono green it's like <laughs> that's it and and the whole whole thing was was he would just play ramp and just you know play big stupid creatures and he would just get so mad if he lost
1: oof <laughs> uh, yeah that's always painful especially like You know, I always felt bad because, you know, I was, I was not, you know, I was invested. I loved magic, but I didn't have the card pools that these guys had. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, I would come show up uh, to FNM and all these guys had their, like, fully foiled out, ridiculously expensive cobbled decks. And I'm sitting here with this, like, beat to hell koldatha rebirth goblins deck <laughs> and like and i would just take games off these guys because i was a little bit faster than they can get i i just tried to go under them and they would just get so mad and, and when i say this deck was beat to hell i mean some of these cards if i went to a tournament i would have gotten kicked out in a heartbeat just because some of these cards oh, were yeah. just beat to hell but uh it, it was a lot of fun it, it's fun to put the put the guys in their place who just want to play the top meta decks all the time sometimes Unless you're that guy, then it's
0: not so fun. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know what you mean. So I guess tonight we're going to be talking about cons and Fate Reforge going bye-bye. Oh, goodbye.
1: Um, It's no, no,
0: no. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some cards I miss. There's definitely going to be some cards I won't miss. Um, Fetch lands are going to be one type of card I won't really miss not that they aren't bad it's just the amount of time shuffling
2: yeah. spent
0: was just got a look li- especially when zendikar came out it just got a little ridiculous how often you would shuffle
1: oh yeah yeah and i think that's kind of the way i feel about it too i mean i'll i'll miss fetch lands just because i really enjoyed getting to play with them um because, you know, I don't play a ton of Eternal formats. I mean, I'll play Modern and I'll play Legacy from time to time. But it was fun just kind of experimenting around with these cards and feeling as powerful as you could be. But, yeah, the shuffling got ridiculous. The uh, Once we got, like, the into the four- and five-color decks, it, it just felt ridiculous. So I, I won't—I'll miss them, but I won't miss them at the same time, you know?
0: yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. So if you had to pick what was your favorite card out of just cons, not not including fate. Out of just cons.
1: Hmm. If I think back. Honestly, I, I you know I'm I'm torn here. There there are two cards that I really, really enjoyed. Uh one because it was really good. And one, because it really wasn't very good, but I tried so, so hard to make it good uh, that I just felt completely invested. And probably the two are uh, Mantis Rider and Butcher of the Horde.
0: Um, Ooh, Butcher of the Horde, yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and Mantis Rider obviously being the the good card, the actual good card, and, and Butcher of the Horde being the one that just, that just called to me and called to me and called to me and made me want to play it so bad. And it wasn't that it was a bad card. I just, it never quite broke through that glass ceiling, you know?
0: Yeah, and for people who don't remember what Butcher the Horde does, let me pull him up. He is cost, he's what, Mardu, right?
1: He is, yeah. One, black, white, red.
0: Yeah, that's right. And he's a 5 4. He's a flying demon. If you sacrifice another creature. Butcher the Horde gains your choice of Vigilance, Lifelink, or Haste until end of turn. This guy is a definite bomb in limited. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I. I
0: I hated going up against him in limited. If I, you know, someone drew him, just like, well, shit. If I don't find out a way to kill him, I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the he was, you know, he was big. He could get all kinds of cool abilities and uh the the format and cons especially when it was trip cons you know it was all about the morphs like morphs were just the thing and limited so you know you could draft even i found myself many times especially if i had something big like a butcher of the horde i would just be drafting off-color morphs because it's like i'm just gonna make this dorky dude that i i'm not even gonna try to flip him he's just gonna be fodder to my butcher of the horde you know
2: oh
0: yeah definitely
1: so he was, yeah, he was an absolute bomb, and I tried so hard to make him work in, uh, in standard, and it, I had, you know, mild success with him, and I think some people had a little bit better success with him than I had, but it seemed like all the pieces were there, but just for some reason it wouldn't come together. Like, you know, playing a bunch of token makers to give him food for days, I, I really felt like there was a deck there, but it just never quite broke through.
0: Did it feel too slow when you tried to make the deck, or what it, do you think was wrong?
1: It wasn't that it was too slow. Uh, I just felt like, you know, in those colors, especially in cons, Mardu probably wasn't I mean, it obviously wasn't the strongest uh, clan, you know, we all know what the strongest clan was at that time. And yeah and we'll just get we'll just put this name out there because I'm sure we're gonna be saying this name a lot tonight. Uh Sieger, I know, you know, was just it,
2: yep. as,
1: <laughs> as big as big and scary and awesome as Butcher of the Horde was, it, it still couldn't really race a Siege Rhino, because uh, they, you know, they would trade, which was fine. But that that six point life swing of, I draw, I, you know, I play my Butcher of the Horde, give it haste attack. All right, cool. I untap, I play Siege Rhino. You lose three, I gain three, and now you have the choice to attack and fear that I'm going to play another Siege Rhino or we can trade and I'm still going to play another Siege Rhino. And and the Abzan deck was just so consistent uh, at all the best removal. And, And I think that was really Mardu's problem was Abzan had the best removal. And if they started picking off your dudes, I mean, that was it. They didn't have to worry about your tokens because once they get to turn four, Siege Rhinos are going to slaughter your tokens all day long. And it was just... Save my abs and charms for your butcher and you got nothing after that.
0: Yeah, because when Mardu or when cons first came out, I'm trying to think of some of the removals. So Red had stoked the flames, but I feel like that'd be I, I feel like that's probably not a good card to play
1: in no. Mardu. I mean, it was okay. It, it was good. Yeah, but it was, I, I mean it was a fantastic card, but you know, you really wanted to be going wide to play the yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and then White had, what did White have at the time? Valorous Stance was Fate. Um,
1: Valorous Stance was Fate. Um, White, just was- White? I'm not remembering what just White had. I know that, you know, obviously there was obson Charm in White, but and I think obson Charm was kind of the definition of the most solid removal. Um, but I can't remember exactly what just White had. I don't think it had much
0: yeah and then and then, um, black had hero's downfall, thought seas, it had, what drown in sorrow, um, yeah,
1: I mean, the reason you played the deck was for black, I mean, black was probably the strongest color there, as far as you could get for removal, yeah, um, and that was probably the reason why the deck struggled a bit. Um, and and mardu still had crackling doom but crackling doom wasn't nearly the the animal that it was later on in the format mm-hmm. uh, at the time so you know uh, and you know we saw how efficient crackling doom was later but nobody was really on it at first uh and no and um it, having so much black removal especially removal black removal that costs double black like hero's downfall made it difficult for you to play like Cordling outburst and the stuff you wanted to ramp uh, to get your butcher of the horde fed. And it, it just, it, 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 seemed like all the pieces were there. They just didn't play together as cleanly as Abzan did.
0: Yeah. Because when you talk about black, like how black had a lot of the good removal, why play, you know, a color, especially Mardu when, especially the red, isn't there that good or that well, when you could just be playing Abzan. Exactly. You know, you know cuz with abzan you know you had abzan charm um what was some other green stuff at the time well i mean uh, let's see abzan charm siege rhino uh
1: green was this was when cons came out i mean theros was still a thing so you had some
0: fleece main lion yeah, a creature yeah fleece
1: main lion was a big
0: one um Offenza, the foremost mm-hmm. was a de- like you definitely needed wanted that card definitely but um i can't think of like any other I guess support spells that green had. It, I mean, green was kind of a
1: a back seat in the deck, honestly. It felt like
0: the early Obzan decks were more about the white
1: and black than they were the green. Um, yeah. But, you know, and and it was just about efficiency more than anything else. I mean, that deck was just the king of efficiency, just mid-range efficiency all day long.
0: Yeah, I have to kind of agree there. Um, when it comes to my favorite cards and cons, let's see, Manus Rider is one of them. I'm, so, I'm kind of happy you said that. And um, probably the other one, and I tried to make this deck work, like it went through a lot of iterations. I tried to make Surak Dragon Ah,
1: Sirach. Sirach. Sirach.
0: And, oh my, I fell in love with that card as soon as, you know, saying creature spells can't be countered. Yes. Yeah, so, and all that. Well, just, it was just,
1: just to read them off real quick. Sure. Uh, Surok the Hun- uh our dragon claw uh, two generic mana, green, blue, red for a six, six creature with flash. Uh, he can't be countered. And then creature spells you control can't be countered. And all other creatures you control are have trample.
0: So just yeah. nasty. And, and I wanted teamer to be a thing so bad. But it just wasn't.
2: It was. Or... Yeah, <laughs> it
0: was. It it was. They had really good, like Savage Knuckleblade. Oh, I loved that card. Big Nux was amazing.
1: I wanted like, that guy to be amazing.
0: I remember one draft I did. I managed to pull two of them, oh. a foil and a regular, and oh. I freaking dominated that draft night.
1: <laughs> That's just disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just ridiculous. Like one of the first teamer decks I tried to do was a teamer morph deck with um let me see. I yeah, I had a play set of Trail of Mystery, which is whenever a face down creature enters the battlefield under your control. You may search your library for a basic land card, put it in your hand, shuffle your library. And when it's the permanent is turned face up, if it's a creature you get plus two, plus two until end of turn. So I had that and there's a four of. I had Dragon Dragonclaw's a two of Savage Knuckleblade, um Sator Wayfinder to help me find lands, Sagu Mawler as one of my morphs, and then Rattleclaw as another one of my morphs to help me play stuff. And Sagu Mawler, that was another one that could have been so good too, but he's just too slow.
1: Yeah, and honestly, I am I'm very shocked that Sagu Mawler didn't see more play. Uh, I know that I played one. Uh one copy in my uh, uh control deck uh that I was running towards the end of well when cons came out and towards the end of theros uh just kind of a splash of green into that blue black control shell and um uh, I had one in the main and one in the board because he was just so effective against the mirror um and I really thought that card was gonna take off a little bit further than it did, but yeah, yeah, all the team cards I really thought they were gonna be a whole lot better than they were.
0: Yeah, and they just never got the um, love they needed when Dragons and Fate came out. There was just no good support for it. Mm-mm, no. And then when even when Origins came out, by then it was all about Abzan and you know Thopters and all that. When Origins came out, yeah. So. And,
1: and the funny thing was, I think the, the one of the biggest problems that Teamer had was when you share a color with easily the top deck in the format you start running into that same problem that Mardu had is like well if you're going to play green and uh why aren't you just playing Obzan you know like <laughs> it
0: just yeah, pretty much
1: like that's just the the problem i feel like if if more people had spent more time maybe building with Teemer as opposed to building with Obzan we would have had a really sweet Teemer deck that would have been close to tier 1 um but as as what happens you know people found the quote unquote best deck and and that's all she wrote
0: yeah, it's sad what could have been. True. Sometimes. Um. So, when talking about cons limited, you being a pretty good limited player, what was your favorite cons card that you would draft? It could be common, uncommon, rare. Well, you know, I'd I'd figure common and uncommon to be a little bit easier since.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and honestly, uh, this comes in twos, uh, or it, it actually just comes as a full cycle. For me, and for a lot of limited players that I trust, and a lot of the limited pros that, I, that I've spoken to and know about this, um, they would just say it wouldn't be just one card, uh, it would be the whole cycle of Morphs. Um, morphs just made draft an incredibly exciting experience.
0: Um I have yeah I have to agree with that.
1: I mean it wasn't it, it, it there there were some cards that were just absolute bombs. I mean obviously when fate came into it we got a, a much more uh more bomby limited format. Um yeah. but you know when cons was out it was all about the morphs. I mean morphs were high picks. Uh, over a lot of even some of the more powerful rares, uh, you would just rather take a morph sometimes because it was a creature you could always play on turn three no matter how what your mana looked like. Uh, if you were able to flip some of these morphs later on, like uh, I remember specifically uh, Avalanche Tusker, um, which was one of the teamer morphs, um, or Ponyback Brigade, uh, pony back brigade uh, the Mardu one that made a bunch of goblins when it flipped over. Oh yeah. Um, you know, they were they were just they were so sweet. A- and I wasn't playing Magic back when morphs were originally in the format. So this was a new th- experience for me. Uh and it just felt good. You know, I never played a a, a game of Triple Cons Limited where I felt mana screwed because I always at least had something to do with my mana. I could play a morph. If I didn't have enough to flip it, I could play another morph. And um Going along that same line, I think my favorite rare in the format was uh, was Trail of Mystery, the one that you mentioned earlier. Because um, you could just, yeah. if you pick that up, pick one. I mean, that was a, a pack one, pick one every single time because you could just pick that guy up and then you just drafted every more if you could get your hands on. And it didn't matter what your opponent did. I mean, you were you were almost guaranteed to win the draft at that point.
2: Yeah,
0: pretty much.
1: So I, I would definitely say my favorite card would just be all the morphs. Just give me all the morphs. I didn't even care if they were bad <laughs> ones. I just wanted all the morphs for days. Um I mean obviously if if you could pick up one of the uh the three color rares, uh those were just insta bombs every single time like the the Mantis Riders, the Sea Rhinos. Uh those are always excellent. Um I think the uh the the only card that I wasn't ever really excited to see that was good it was a good card was uh was actually uh, Sarkin. um it was a great he was the planeswalker yeah the original one okay uh just because the the double red was a little bit prohibitive he was good yeah. uh, but the format was a little I don't know if, if it was too fast or too slow, but it, it always seemed like when I drafted Sarkon, it's like, okay, cool. This is a good. This is a good, powerful finisher, um, but he would just die. <laughs> it seemed like he just died immediately. It's like, well, if that morph is anything small, oh, No, it's it's something big. Okay, well, that's dead. <laughs> you know, it. So Sarkon, Sarkon was cool uh, and obviously a very good card, but I was never super excited. Like, I, I was never jumping up and down for joy. Like, uh, I got a Sarkhan. That's it. It's over. The rest of you can go home, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I, I have to... The one thing I do, I did like about Khan's draft was... Now, like like I've said before, I'm not, you know, a huge limited player. Or, you know, limited is one of my favorite formats, but I'm not very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I have won a few drafts here and there. But, um, it's the one thing I really liked so about cons was, so we just came from Theros and M15 draft, which when looking at, especially the colors, it was very easy to figure out your mana base. Oh yeah. You know, but then you go to cons and you're playing sometimes three, four colors. Holy crap. How much mana do I need? Oh yeah. (laughs) Or, or, you know, what, what colors do I exactly need? That, that's where it got a little tough for me, especially the first few times, because you know you're not exactly sure especially what colors you need to go with because you pick you know a mardu card one turn then you saw this really good salt eye card like oh man what do i pick
1: exactly exactly <laughs> and, and it kind of it kind of amped up the fun a little bit there and i mean honestly oh, yeah. i think the correct answer in that situation is uh you take all of them and you just play all the colors and just have fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that that is the best answer but if i had to pick my favorite cons card that I remember playing so many times and loving it every time I flipped it up was Ponyback Brigade. Yeah. A- anytime I'd see one, I'm like, up, oh, it's mine.
1: Yeah, that guy was but... sweet. Absolute sweetness.
0: Yeah, it, it. I would just build... I, I would always pick that. It, it, if I didn't come across like a Bomb Rare or anything like that, I would just always look through the deck like, is Ponyback in here? Oh, he's not in here. Damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess I'll take this red card and hope that I get a Ponyback Brigade in my next pack.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I'm trying to think of some really good drafts that I had. Um, God. I can't remember. I, I mean, anytime I pulled a Savage Knuckleblade, it's like I knew I was going to have a good night. Yeah. Because that card's just so good and limited. Big um, nuts. Trying to think of any other card, like, I would always be excited to see. Of course, anytime time, I'd always have to wonder about the person next to me if I was past, like, a Monastery Swiss Spear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, is that guy not know what he's doing, or did he just get a really good rare that he couldn't pass up? And...
1: Yeah, and that was the funny thing. I mean, Monastery Swiss Spear... You know, normally, you know, one twos for one are not all that exciting, but but prowess just became such a really fun mechanic, and, oh, yeah. and surprisingly good. Um, you know, in in limited, it was probably less good than it, it could have been, uh, but prowess was still just an incredible mechanic. And monastery Swiss spear, obviously, we're going to be feeling the reverberations of that card for a long time.
0: Oh yeah. I see it probably almost every Monday. Oh, no I go doubt. to um modern. Yeah, it's cuz someone's always playing a burn deck. And I mean, but it's like the perfect one drop to play, too.
1: It is. I mean, and for those who don't know, which shame on you, uh Monastery Spear is a single red uh for a 1 two haste with prowess, which is of course when you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus 1 plus 1 until end of turn. I mean, it's just, it's so efficient, and it's shockingly hard to kill. If you just have one instant or sorcery in your hand, you could just blow your opponent out in combat. I mean, it was was a shockingly hard to kill card, and it's so unassuming when you first look at it, but it's, ah, it was beautiful. I love that card.
0: Yeah, it's definitely become one of the more, um, I guess it's become pretty much a staple. It's become like the the poster child for Prowess cards.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you couldn't, yeah, I, and honestly, I think that's kind of why, you know, tor- Well, towards the end here of this standard season, Blue-Red prow- Prowess kind of became a deck. And, and while it's not losing too much, it's losing Spear, And because of that, the whole deck just crumbles to pieces.
0: Yeah, because I haven't really seen a good... Um one red drop there's isn't there one red like two one it's a vampire though or something
1: uh for a single red
0: yeah in shadows i thought there was i thought there was one
1: let's see i don't remember i'm sure there there is
0: yeah i'm I'm looking up the spoiler because i thought i thought there was one or Maybe I'm thinking of a one uh one colorless, one red. Oh, here we go. oh it, I'm thinking of Falcon Roth Gorger. Oh, is he the
1: one that gives all your other vampires um madness. madness? Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. That's what it I thought I thought he had haste too. Nope. 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 Uh
1: yeah, I mean without and I mean a a two one for one is not like unplayable, but without haste it's definitely not near on the level of Monastery Swissphere or any of those other cards from the uh the yeah. Red Burn decks.
0: And it's just not as exciting either. No, I mean
1: yeah, it's it's just not nearly as exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Um Yeah, so can you think of your most hated cons card in limited Hmm. because that that one's hard for me i'm trying to think of that one but i just can't because i mean there's so many but it's just i can't remember that one card that i always hated seeing you know that one common or that one uncommon it's i think
1: honestly for me i think it was probably avalanche tusker Um,
0: Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah,
1: Avalanche Tusker was two generic mana for a green, uh, two generic mana, green, blue, red for a 6 4 elephant warrior that whenever he attacks, target creature defending player controls blocks it this combat if able. Um, And I just remember, like, it's not like a super powerful card or anything like that, but I do remember, like, every time my opponent had that kind of mana open, um, just, just, just fearing Avalanche Tusker coming down next turn for some reason, uh, and when it did hit the table, I was like, "Oh man, this this just means that my biggest <laughs> dude is going to have to go up against his his dude, and they'll trade fine, but I just lost my biggest dude, and and this is terrible."
0: Oh man, yeah, I can't remember if I have to go up against one. I know I've drafted him a couple times, but yeah,
1: Avalanche Tusker was up there. Honestly, I think Sagu Mawler was up there for me too. Uh,
0: oh,
2: yeah. Just
1: because of the sneak, you know, just because of that sneak attack, uh, it was probably one of the bigger morphs in the format. And it, it was just, it was terrifying. If, if my opponent left up three green blue, I was like, well, that could be nothing, or it could be Sagumaler, and I might be dead. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It was, there was just, I think that's why I love this format so much. The triple cons, not con cons, fate. We'll get to that in a minute, I'm sure, but. Triple cons, it, it, there was just so much. I felt like the whole time I felt like I was always, you know, this could be my last turn. If I mean, if that morph is something, is what I'm afraid it is, then I'm dead. If it's nothing, then I probably win this game. It's it just everything felt close. Everything felt exciting. Uh, there was just a lot to love in this set.
0: Yeah, and that was one of the things that made it more exciting was just morph as you were saying before it's um it just made it more like you don't know what's gonna show up exactly because once you play a format like I played a lot of m15 draft and after after just like any for just any format you know you you start to know what the archetypes are after a while with cons I mean yeah you start to know what archetypes there were but especially when you're doing more of a casual draft, you, you have no idea what people are going to be playing or building. Oh, yeah,
1: no, especially in triple cons. I mean, all bets were off in triple cons. I mean, it was – I remember watching some streamers that I that I hold in very high respect, like uh, uh, Kenji, uh, Numat the Nummy, um, or Marshall, yes. Marshall Sutcliffe. And I'm watching these guys, and I know that they're usually very – you know, very stoic, very conservative drafters, and very good drafters. And I'm getting on their streams, and I'm watching them draft these like crazy five color morph decks. And I'm like, this is insane! This is awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean that 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 just made the format all the more fun to me. Once Fate came in, it, it tapered off quite a bit. But uh, but Triple Cons was just it, it was the Wild West, man. It, it was a gunslinger's paradise in Triple Cons.
0: You know, when I think about it now, my store was doing the Fate Reforged draft wrong. Um, they they were doing um two two fates and one cons. Ooh. So, when I'm, cause I what I like to do is I like to record um all booster drafts I do and I put it up on Tapped Out mm-hmm. and just write a little blurb like this is how I did. Um, I don't do that when I draft online or anything because <laughs> then I'd have you know, way too many drafts. Oh yeah, on
1: the infinite number.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, so I'm looking at some of the drafts that I did when just Fate was out, and I have a lot of two colored decks at that point. Some um, some, gr- some three colored with a splash, of you know, a third color.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, yeah, that that made it very interesting because there was a lot more two colored decks that we did. But I'm sure you probably drafted the correct way that should have been done.
1: Yeah. Uh, when, when fate was first released, we did a couple just for fun drafts that were um, uh, triple fate, just because we all wanted to get our hands on as many of the cards as possible. And that was insane. Um,
0: all I have to say is, Ew. yeah,
1: no, it was, it was <laughs> insanely stupid. But, uh, but after that, we switched over to the cons cons fate or yeah, it was cons cons fate. Fate was the last pack to, to be drafted. And, and yeah, w- I complain about it, and, and I'll probably complain about it against the night, but it really wasn't that bad. Uh, it was still fun. I, I still enjoyed that format a lot. But it, it, the strategy was completely different. And, and when you come out of a, a format like Triple Cons where you really don't have to have a, a solid plan going in and you can kind of just take what's fed to you um, yep. to actually have to think, in my cons packs all right i actually can't just draft whatever the hell i want i've actually got to think about what are my what's going to be my big bomb that i open in fate and i have to draft accordingly to that
0: yeah that was one thing i noticed with fate if i remember correctly that um the rares were very bombier oh they were i guess if that's a word they were
1: insane (laughs) yeah And there's a, there's a term that I've heard to describe it, which is, well, to describe limited formats in general is a lot of people kind of put it on this scale of, uh, is it a popper format or a Prince format? Um, popper being, you know, where the commons and uncommons are, you know, they might not be on par with the rares, but there's a lot of times you'll open a pack and, and see a powerful common or uncommon. Uh, And they, you know, kind of mediocre rare and you're, you're snatching up. There were a lot of uh, first pick worthy uh, commons and uncommons. Um, And then uh, a Prince format is where the commons and uncommons are all fine and good as filler, but the rares are where it's at. And every rare is balmy and every rare is disgustingly good. And and fate kind of hit that. Fate was a very Prince format.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that because I can just remember a lot of times just first picking, you know, rares because it's just this is too good to to pass. Oh,
1: absolutely. And and it made the, you know, I I think that's why I kind of liked once uh, dragons came out later on doing it fate dragons dragons Um, because having to, you know, when you're when you do cons cons fate. It was like, all right, I've got, you know, I've got all these really sweet three-color awesomeness uh, morphs and stuff, and then you open your fate pack, and, and you know, I haven't really been drafting white, but suddenly I'm staring at a Citadel Siege, and it's like, well, I'm not passing this card, because if I pass this card, I lose. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll just lose immediately. I mean, this card is just too good. So then you have to, you know, kind of cobble together something in, in fate so that you can play Citadel Siege, and, and it it just felt, it it was kind of a feel bad, you know, it was just kind of a feel bad
0: thing. God, you want to talk about a card I did not want to see in my opponent? Absolutely. Play, yeah, Citadel Siege. It's just sort of, as soon as you see that, you're just like, well, I've got maybe a turn or two left yep. until I'm dead. <laughs> yep.
1: That that was that was the, that card was just busted i mean all the all the sieges were okay but if you open citadel siege man you could not go
0: wrong opening that card i know i just wish it saw some good constructed play too yeah it it's it it always like irks me a little bit it could be so good and limited and then absolute not not that it was absolute trash and constructed it just never saw play yeah
1: and i mean honestly that that's just kind of the way it works always there's always going to be cards that are pushed much harder for constructed than limited and then a lot of cards that are going to be pushed a lot harder for limited than constructed and and I think you know Wizards does that so that we have two healthy formats um yeah but uh yeah I mean you can have a card that's the absolute nuts in constructed but it'll it'll just be garbage in limited and then cards like Citadel Siege that are just the absolute nuts you're never passing this card you're you're picking it Pack one, pick one every single time. Um, but then they just they can't seem to make that transition over.
0: Yeah, and I feel like what you were saying, they do a good job with making booster packs for limited. Mm. I mean I mean, I still like buying a box every once in a while, just opening it all up. But um that I feel you know, you know, because it always feels kind of bad that if you just open up a booster by itself and you get like all these shitty cards you're never going to play in constructed. But at least when you go to draft and you see those quote unquote shitty cards, it's, oh my God, they're actually turning out to be really good. Yeah. I mean, like, and it makes it fun.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if I bought a box and the entire box, every pack in it I opened was the Citadel Siege, I would fall on the floor and cry. But
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: but if I went to a uh, if I went to a draft and every pack I opened was a Citadel Siege, I'd fall on the floor and cry, but for better reasons because I know I'm just never losing,
2: you know. So it's just yeah,
1: it's just one of those things. It it, it helps make a balanced, fun. Uh, it's it makes a more balanced, fun way to play multiple formats. But uh, oh, it yeah. is feel bad sometimes.
0: Yeah. So veering off a little bit on draft, it's um. Have you ever um drafted like any of the way older sets like maybe alpha beta not that that
1: far back i mean i've done probably the farthest back i've done Uh, and this
0: could just be online too i I don't mean like actually oh no 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 no.
1: i i I don't think that opportunity would ever be afforded to me and i don't think i would ever even be able to bring myself to participate in a paper (laughs) alpha or beta draft Uh, i think the oldest draft i've done is a, a mercadian mass draft um, Ooh. which was fun. I don't think I've I done that, one that. Yet. And I, and I really enjoy watching old formats being drafted. I don't get to do it that often, but when they do the flashback drafts on magic online, I try to do it, uh, just cause you know, that was a lot of them are before my time. And a lot of them are considered to be very good draft formats. Um, like, uh, they just had pretty recently, they did the flashback drafts for original Ravnica, um, and I was not playing during that time but original ravnica is still heralded as one of the best limited formats of all time and I got to go and try that and experiment with that and it just felt awesome
0: <laughs> you, know? you know I keep meaning to do some of those but I every, every time I see like I just saw ravnica like you said it's like ooh I guess I'll do that and then I forget
1: yeah it's it's one of those things that you know it, it's not like it's going to progress you very far to just flashback yeah. drafts, but they're, they're kind of a fun novelty thing. Like it's like, Oh, well I've got, you know, X amount of tickets just kind of sitting around doing nothing. I've got a couple hours to kill here. Oh, I've never drafted weatherlight before. Why don't we try that? You know? So <laughs> you it's, know? uh it's kind of cool. And, uh, and I'm glad that they do that because obviously a lot of these formats, I'll, I'll never be able to draft in paper and, some of them I would not want to because I, I would have to be wearing surgical gloves, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. No, Um, one time my friends and I, we got online and did just an alpha draft Oof. just on, um I think, drafts.in. Yeah. And let me tell you, that was – it was fucking hard. <laughs> I don't even remember – I don't even remember what I drafted or what colors. I think I ended up drafting, like, blue, green, and white or something or – Yeesh. I, and – you can definitely tell back then they were not meant to be drafted. At no, all.
1: absolutely not. I, I don't think I that th- was anything that wizards ever had in mind. Back
0: then. Yeah, it was, um, I, I don't even remember what creatures I got or n- n- No one got any power, nine mm-hmm. or anything or dual lands or anything like that. It was all absolute shit. But the, I think the funniest thing that happened that night was I was playing, um, got this, this quote-unquote big flyer. I think it was like a 3-3 or something, which, you know, for back then, that's pretty oh, big. Oh, yeah. And, uh, no, 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 he wasn't a flyer. No, it was a Hill Giant, I think. Was Hill Giant?
1: I think, yeah. I believe Alpha? Hill Giant was originally Alpha. I can, or Beta, one of them.
0: Her, no, it, it was a 3-3 something. I don't remember what it was. Well, Hill
1: Giant was originally 10th edition, so it can't be that, but... Okay, well, it was... No, alpha I, beta. Yeah, hill giant was around then.
0: Okay, so maybe it was that, and um, I can just remember I was beating my my friend down, and then all and he's playing blue because he loves playing control. He's playing blue, green, red, or something like that. And all of a sudden, he just decided to cast flight on my creature, giving it flying. I'm like, okay, what the fuck is he about <laughs> to do? Like, why why'd you just make my creature fly? And then he goes and casts. What was it? hurricane i think it was oh, that's the DL-
1: X damage to all creatures with flying or something like that or destroy all creatures with flying
0: yeah it was either hurricane or something else that kills creatures with flying and i'm just like you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell and i mean
1: that's, that's and, the awesome part about especially alpha and beta i mean i would love to try to draft it i'm sh- i mean i'm sure it's just a horrendous experience from time to time but yeah, I mean, some some of these cards, you know, like Hill Giant, a, a three three for four, like that's that's pretty that's pretty damn big. I mean, that's almost a bomb. <laughs>
2: it's just
0: yeah, because there's not much else. I mean, what Shivan Dragon was in Alpha, right? I so. Yeah, we we didn't see any of those, and that's what a four four, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it kind of made me wish I was back, you know, playing back then. Oh wait, no, Shivan Dragon's a five five. That's right. dude that's that's fucking huge back then (laughs) holy shit i just remember when people talk
1: like the the thing that sticks out in my mind the most when people talk about alpha and beta is that like sarah angel was like just the shit you know just like that card was it was impossible to beat sarah angel and now you look at sarah angel and it's like yeah that's kind of cool but back then like sarah angel was just
0: Oh, Flying Vigilance 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, Flying Damn.
1: Vigilance 4-4. Four, four. Just straight up vanilla, Flying Vigilance 4-4. Four, four. Doesn't do anything else exciting. But but I always hear people say that that card was just disgusting.
0: Well, yeah, when you think about the card pullback then it was, shit, doesn't even tap to attack. Mm-hmm.
1: Blocks Damn. and attacks? Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> God, why was I a stupid kid? I think back when Magic came out, I think I was still into Pogs or something. Or... I mean,
1: I could—I was probably, yeah, I was—I was in no way interested in stuff like this back then. So, I mean, I—I kick myself now because I could be sitting on a bunch of Black Lotuses at the moment, but
0: probably. Yeah. Twenty twenty, right? <laughs> I know. Just like if I still had some of my old Pokemon cards when, because I played that when the when it first came out, and I had you know the foil charizard the foil bulbasaur whatever the oh, yeah. the the really expensive if i had that now i look up prices i'm like damn that card's like 2 grand now Jeez. like fuck why did i get rid of it
1: well cause, i mean back then it was just like oh this is cool it's got a monster on it and we can you know we yeah. can throw these cards on the table and i could put them in binders and make my friends look at them you know we we had no idea that stuff like that would be worth a crap ton of money later in life that's uh,
0: yeah and I had no idea magic would still even be around. I don't think I it was just, Yeah, I was just thinking, oh, it's going to be around for a few years and then boom, just fade off. Because I remember, I didn't, I when I got back into it in college, I'm just like, holy shit, this is still around. People still play mm-hmm. this. And then you read up about it that how it gets more and more popular every year. It's just, it's insane. Like I'm surprised it's, it's still going on for this long and it's still as popular as ever.
1: The only reason I'm not surprise is just how well it's made i mean i've i've played a lot of games in my life but magic is the one that i keep coming back to to say you know this this is a game that was just made well uh it's it's changed over time Uh, it's never stayed stagnant you know they've always found a way to change it they're constantly changing rules they're constantly updating rules and i think it just makes it feel like a new game like every time a set comes out it just feels like a new game all over again
0: it really does that's, it's um, that's just the beauty of it i think yeah the one the one thing i really that now that i've gotten older and you know i still love playing video games and all that and i feel like one thing that magic does especially paper magic is it brings people together Oh yeah to be able to play because because I'm sure you can remember this, playing Nintendo and or Sega and having your friends over. Oh, yeah. You know, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there, there are some times where, you know, you may have friends over if you still have a Wii U and play Smash or something, but that happens less and less because of online. Exactly. Playing. I mean, you don't have, you know. like,
1: I remember, you know, and this was still when, you know, Xbox Live was a thing, but it wasn't, like, a huge thing back on the original Xbox, and and yeah. I remember the thing was is that, you know, you if you wanted to play with a whole big group of people, you 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 unplugged your Xbox, you packed it up in a backpack, you carried it over to your friend's house, you set up a bunch of TVs, and you had a giant LAN party, you know, you got together with Oh people. yeah. Hell yeah. But uh yeah, and, and magic still does that. I mean Moto Moto is okay and Moto provides us with another way to play magic, but if you want to play magic you're playing paper magic, you're in a shop, you're interacting with other people. It's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I feel like for me, what paper does for me better is it brings back that feeling of, you know, going and playing friends like playing Goldeneye for hours mm-hmm. for something, or playing Mario Party or something like that. Or hell, Mario Kart. Oh gosh, yes. The original one, I I play, my friends and I played a lot of the Mario Kart 64, but the original Mario Kart, oh my god, we will play that for like hours, because one of our friends, no, no, that was only two players, yeah, we would just play that for hours, just doing that one. Oh, certainly, and it's still fun,
1: I mean, that's the thing, like, it's still fun, it holds up, And, and that's the testament to a good game, is, you know, does it stand the test of time, and Magic's been around now for, gosh
0: since 93 i think it was or 94 more than
1: 20 years uh yep i mean that's that, that if that doesn't say stand the test of time i don't really know what does
0: yeah and just like now that i have kids you know i'm teaching my kids how to play just um before before we started the podcast i was playing um commander with my kids and um my wife's uncle you know my my uncle and i we were you know piloting the commander decks and we were letting the kids try to you know make decisions and all yeah. that I'm like ooh what's a good card you know of course i didn't listen to my kids i'm like no you, you don't want to play that card <laughs> what because because <laughs> i i would tell her you know because i was playing um Nind the pain artist oh, cool. so every time i draw a card sheet and of course in my Nind deck, i have like 50 counters yeah. pretty much so she's like ooh play counter spell i'm like why i'm not no that's a terrible choice there's nothing to counter
1: sweetie there's nothing to counter
0: so just like that and you know i've told you about the dual decks that i built it's fun you know teaching my kids how to play and you know it's it's passing it down absolutely and it just you know and that we totally veered off course but yeah well, that's what magic
1: does man it opens up kinds of new avenues and and honestly i feel like it's appropriate that we're talking about it this way because you know rotations I feel like are one of those things that keeps magic fresh and keeps it feel like a new game and and, you know we're sitting on the cusp of a new rotation on Friday so it's just I again we're gonna probably be looking back in another uh, year with with you know with more pleasure on on the set that we've had previous on the uh, on the previous sets and just uh, it's just a continuous ongoing living breathing game it's awesome
0: yeah, and it is awesome. And as much as people bitch about Standard and how much it can cost, I mean, yeah, it it gets expensive in the long mm-hmm. run compared to Legacy and Modern, but it's that's what I like about Standard so much because it keeps it fresh. Yeah. It's every... Now it's what, every six months? It changes. Every six months. And while that does, may not seem like a lot of time, it's... And it doesn't seem like a lot of time, but it's... I mean, to me, it just... I'd get I get bored, like especially especially before because when I started standard back in Innistrad to Ravnica, I'd get bored after like a year. Oh, absolutely! It's the same decks over and over again. And
1: I mean, that's the that was the hard thing about standard was that it it would have. I mean, those first few months just felt amazing. Like probably about the first six months, it always felt amazing to be playing standard. And then once the format was solved. Uh, it was kind of fun to still play when the format was solved, but after a, a good couple months of that, it was just like, Oh, well, we got Obzon versus uh this deck again. We got Obzon versus Esper Dragons. Alright, well that's that's we know how it's gonna end yep. up. You know, it's just like eventually you can start calling the end of matches before they actually happen, just because you've seen these two decks duke it out so many times and uh rotations definitely kick it back into high gear. So I'm, I'm glad about it personally.
0: Oh yeah, me too. Um, so did you ever take the plunge and play obzon in standard?
1: I never did. And, and, and it isn't because I didn't think it was a good deck. Um, Cause it was obviously a really, really good deck. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am just that guy who wants to still play a tier one deck, but wants to play the tier one deck that isn't the deck that everybody else is playing,
0: you know? Yeah, I know exactly so, what you mean. Like,
1: you know, I played a lot of Esper dragons. I played a lot of blue black control. I played a lot of decks that, uh, a Tarka red, you know, I played a lot of decks that were still very good and, and could hold their own against obson but were not obs Um, I did buy a play set of siege rhinos just because I was like, well, I can't, be a magic player and not have a play set of Siege Rhinos, I guess. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And and I saw them, you know, when they started making even their leap over to modern for that short time, I guess they, they might still see some play in modern. I don't know. I haven't looked, but um, you know, I, I wanted to go ahead and pick them up, but no, I never, I never took the plunge. I resisted as hard as I could, and I, I never wound up playing uh, any version of Obz'on, whether it be the the mid range, the aggro, or the control. I, I never did it.
0: Oh man, so I took the plunge. Oh, I. Oh man, it was. Um, it wasn't until Origins came out though. I can say I I held off for that long. I trust it, actually, <laughs> be- because um, I can remember when it first started getting popular. It my whole shop it felt like was playing obs on it was oh great you know I'm taking you know Jess guy out for a run and oh look I'm going up against Siege Rhino again oh look it's Siege Rhino again for like four rounds of obs on it just becomes not fun after a while and when half your shop is playing obs on it becomes definitely not fun after oh, a absolutely.
1: while absolutely <laughs> and, and you know and I call it honestly I I call it the jund effect uh, just yeah. because like you know a deck like Abzan, or going back further, like Jund, is a deck that a lot of people will gravitate towards because it is so consistent, it is so powerful, it doesn't really have a bad matchup. There are matchups that are, uh, maybe it's a little bit weak or two, but you never really feel like you have a bad matchup. Uh, and, and while that is annoying for the guy like me who, who doesn't want to play the super consistent deck every time, uh, it is still cool to see that, that a deck like that can exist. Um, so, you know, while me and Abzan never got together, I don't have any hard feelings towards Obzon.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I have a little bit different feeling because I just, I fucking hated it. Even <laughs> when I played it, I'm just like, I'm just like, fuck you, C Drino, oh, oh, oh,
1: Okay, let's be clear. All right, let's be clear. I said that I didn't have any hard feelings towards Obzon as
0: Oh, uh, yeah, true, true, don't, you no, did. No,
1: fuck that bastard. I hate that guy.
0: <laughs> I think one of my most hated plays, and it, regardless of what deck I was playing, whether I was doing control or whatever, they do turn four Siege Rhino, and then turn five Wingmate yeah. Rock. Yeah. Oh my god, you know you were fucked if, you know, you couldn't, if, if you couldn't stop Wingmate Rock or stop the Siege Rhino, and you're just like, well... It's a good game. It was that curve,
1: you know? <laughs> man. That curve was so devastating. It's, God, you know, I like don't. even even back when we didn't when they didn't have air of, um, when they didn't have um, oh, uh, warden of the first tree. Uh, when they would just go, you know, back yeah. in the early days of Obzom, when they would just go like turn two fleece mane lion into turn three on Offenza, turn four siege rhino, turn five wingmate rockets. How are you beating that? You,
0: you, you yeah what are that. you supposed to do yeah i mean like you're just sort of like well okay yeah
1: it's like, <laughs> you, I, I guess you win uh,
0: I mean, i'll i'll proceed to bend over <laughs> <laughs> you know oh man what was you might remember this since you did a lot of limited what was god i, th- I think it was a morph and i can't remember if it came out in dragons or fate it was a morph when it flipped up, you returned target creature back to your hand?
1: Uh, Back to your hand, or just...
0: I think it was. Let's see.
1: Because I know that there was...
0: God, I think it was that, or or when you played it, or, or it had flash, and when you played it, you would be able to return target creature back to your hand, or... Fuck, what was it? It's not ringing
1: any... I mean, I remember Ice Feather Aven, uh, which I think
0: no. was no. when it... It wasn't Ice Feather. Um, I can't remember if it was a morph or not. It, or maybe it had Flash. Let's
1: see. I'm just going to do a little gatherer urch here. Return. Right uh. Well, it's not coming up I don't know. Hmm.
0: I'm going to see if I can try to find it. But no, I want to say it was a white card that did this. Um, God, I just, I remember, I feel like it was something cheap too. It's going to drive me crazy if I can't figure it out because I'm going to just be thinking about it the whole night. Well, let's see.
1: Uh, I'm just looking at all of the ones that... It was Ice Feather Aven was a morph that when it turned up you may return a target creature to its owner's hand uh, Force Away was a bounce one uh, for uh, with Ferocious uh, Pearl Lake Ancient was the one that you can bounce three lands to your hand and then bounce it to Oot's hand um, No
0: it wasn't that um
1: Shit it doesn't
0: look like it's in cons. Yeah, I I think it's in fate or or dragons. Let's see cuz I'm I'm trying to do a search. Well, anyways, this one card um this just goes to show how much I fucking hate obs on. If I remember the card, I think it was white and you would flash it in to return target creature and you can probably guess where I'm going with this where they would return siege right yeah, under their yeah, hand yeah. just to play it again and you're just like motherfucker i hate <laughs> you because <laughs> they would do that at the end of your turn flash it in to return it you're just like you, Oh, here's hear jeskai barricade oh. that's what it was I remember this guy built a deck based around Jeskai Barricade and Siege Rhino and all these enter the battlefield Oh, that effects. guy needs
1: to go to hell.
0: <laughs>
2: That's terrible.
0: <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> um it no it's funny cuz he's actually my friend and all that <laughs> and but just like when he built this deck he, he would flash it in, you know, return Siege Rhino at you know at the end of my turn and then just play Siege Rhino again just like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he would just keep doing that just to, you know, lightning helix you. Just like, holy yeah, fuck. Yeah,
1: exactly, right? And and honestly, I, I feel like that's, you know, I am I may hate, hate Siege Rhino. I may hate saying its name and having had said its name for so long. But that was the beauty of that card was just that it was just that good. Because you know a card like Jeskai Barrier couldn't have been good if there wasn't something as stupid powerful as Siege Rhino to bounce back to your hand and keep your... Her- no- I know, yeah. <laughs> so it allowed for some super janky stuff as well as just some straight up, consistent, powerful tournament play. But it, it, I will yeah. not be, I will not cry one single tear to see CC Drino go.
0: That's for sure. Oh, neither will I. But when I did take the plunge to play Abzan, I think I took it for two or three weeks straight and I got top four every single time. I'm just like, I feel Yeah, dirty. the deck was just that I good. Feel...
1: I mean, it was just that good.
0: I feel like, and I'm not saying it didn't take skill to play. Oh, it certainly did.
1: It certainly took skill to play.
0: It, but it just felt very okay. Turn one land. Turn two fleece main. Turn three Offenza, You know that just that curve. It's just, you know, what what else am I gonna do? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna win unless you can stop everything. I'm exactly.
1: Playing. And honestly, I think that's where. I honestly feel like the skill of an Obz'on player came in their decision-making more than anything else. Cause your deck is so powerful that you, yeah, you can just autopilot and curve out and probably still win the game. Uh, but the intricacies of when to hold your Abzan charms or when to, when to use your Abzan charm to maybe, uh, draw two cards and lose two life or put counters on your dude, as opposed to exiling their best thing. Um, and later on, when you had like warden of the first trees like when are we going to play a two drop or just go ahead and level my wardens you know there were there were a lot of really complicated it's surprisingly complicated decisions to that deck uh and then there were some draws that you would draw where it was just autopilot i mean and that was ah that made it the deck so scary
0: (laughs) oh yeah definitely god like, like you said, I will not miss it.
1: No, I won't. I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, as an overarching whole, I, I don't think that I will miss cons and fate, uh, and this standard season all that much. Uh, and it will be nice to get back to more simpler times of magic. Um, but there, oh, yeah. there, I, there I, a...
0: I will not miss this four color stuff. Yeah, at all. no,
1: I won't miss it. I won't miss it. Um, but there, there are some things that I will miss. I, I played some of my favorite decks that I've ever played uh, during this time in standard. So there are things that I'll miss, um, but uh, and, I'll, and I'll look back on it with some fond memories and some very angry table flipping memories. But yeah, it was it, it was fun. It, I think in the end, it was fun.
0: What um what were some of the decks that were your favorite to play oh
1: man well this i mean this kind of goes back to when when origins rotated in i loved the thopters deck um ah, that deck was so much fun uh
0: oh yeah cause that that was actually my first deck that i built for when cons came out the in artifact yeah. deck and um i tried to make it a control variant instead of aggro and it did pretty well i won um I think maybe just one f and m, but um it usually I would go either two, two or three or three one, you know, and it i always I always loved the control variant, but it just never seemed like it could break through, especially I had to stop playing it, especially when Obzon got so popular. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, it's if I don't get a five five by turn two, I'm just yeah. dead
1: and i mean that I think origins was what pushed that deck over the edge. Uh, just because we got oh, you know, yeah. back Walker, Thopter Engineer, you know, a lot of like really powerful and, Chief of the Foundry. Oh gosh, yeah, uh,
0: a lot yeah, of dude, super when when stuff. that came out, yeah, when that came out, I freaking obliterated people with that oh, yeah. deck. I, I I built the I built the one that what got second place at the Pro Tour and just just destroyed people.
1: I will honestly, I, I will have one of my mem- most memorable moments in Magic ever with that deck uh and it was just because of the saltiness of my opponent um (laughs) because i mean everybody and i was the one guy in my shop that was playing the thopters deck um and i just i remember very distinctly this one match where uh my opponent was on i think he was on a tarka red or you know it's just something very fast and i'm like well this this is going to be a race i know this is going to be a race he has the edge over me in speed I've got the edge in late-game power, so if I can just get to the mid-game, we'll be good. And I remember in my opening hand having like a Hangerback Walker, a Darksteel Citadel, a Springleaf Drum, and two Shrapnel Blasts. And I'm like,
2: okay, well, there's
1: 10 damage right there, so I've just got to get him to 10. And I took my first draw step for the turn, Shrapnel Blast. And I'm like, are we doing this? Are we doing this right now? and i remember just pecking at him pecking at him he had me up against the wall and in one turn i cast three shrapnel blasts and he was the i'm just so salty he was so angry stormed out of the shop like just throwing stuff around the room and i was like they they asked me well, what did you do to him i'm like i cast three shrapnel blasts in one turn and and nugged him for 15 and it was just like <laughs> oh man it was so odd i will never forget that as long as i live
0: oh that's the best getting people mad like that (laughs) oh man it's like yeah i've gotten mad in magic but it's usually i get mad at myself because i'm just like fuck i could have won if i had done this this and that damn it you know it's it's more than anything i get mad at myself i
1: I never remember a time where i've actually just gotten mad at my opponent you know, I I just... I don't. I don't get mad at my opponent, but I do get mad at myself a lot when I play Magic.
0: Oh, you know what? I take that back. I did get somewhat mad at my opponent on last Friday. Um, I Yeah, I guess you can call it mad. Um, it's this kid. He's like 14, 15 or mm-hmm. whatever, and, you know, he, he's been at the shop for a while, and, you know, we know each other, we talk and all that, but just... I. i came friday and i just worked that 20 hours and i just wanted to have some fun and he's one of those kids that can get rambunctious and really loud and all that and i told him straight up in the beginning of the match i'm just like listen i don't feel like dealing with your crap today all right (laughs) like i and i i was just like dead set and i'm like so exhausted like i can't show any emotion and i'm just like "I, i just don't feel like dealing with it you know let's just play some magic and and I was playing my El Jersey Ramp. He was playing um Rakdos Dragons and he he beats me pretty quickly game one and I'm just looking you know, I'm starting to shuffle up for game two and I'm just like, you know what? You win. I don't want to play you. I don't like playing you. <laughs> <laughs> just like straight up and he's just like he, he's almost taken aback. He's like he's like, What? That that really hurt. I was like, That hurts my face. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't care. <laughs> I know. I don't really care. And plus, plus what didn't help was I was starving, oh. and I had just come back from picking up food, and the round just started as soon as I came back because we had two very slow players that are usually there. So I thought I finished round two pretty early. I won pretty quickly. And so I think, all right, I have time to go get food and come back and eat and then realize, shit, I got, now I got to wait to eat my food. I think that also didn't yeah, help. I'm sure
1: not. Yeah. Hang, hangry is never oh, good with magic. That's for sure.
0: No. <laughs> and, and plus, and plus being so exhausted, I was just like, you know, I don't even fucking care. <laughs> just like, yeah, whatever you win. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just, I'm going to eat. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the one time that I got, but it wasn't really mad at the game. It was just more of like, I don't feel like dealing yeah, with your crap. Yeah,
1: exactly. Please. Exactly. Please.
0: But as far as, yeah, when I get mad going to go, it's more of at myself where it's just, shit, I could have done this and I won, or I could have won two turns ago if I'd done this, and oh well, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, I hear you.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to think. I've definitely gotten some people salty. I've done, I especially love when I was playing um, my Landfall deck at one point. This was probably when Zendikar first came out, the guy got me down to like five or something. And he was up at up to 27 life. And I managed to do like 27 damage to him. The next. Oh. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't really mad. He was just, he, 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 I guess he was sort of saying something like, Oh, watch, you know, he, he wasn't really saying like, I have no chance of winning, but he's just like, if you manage to do 27 damage to me right now, you know, then I just fucking, quit. <laughs> cause because it took me a little while to attack because i was trying to do the math in my head because of prowess and landfall and all that crap so i'm like trying to think like okay you know you know i'll do all the math he's like wait you're taking a while what's going on i'm like hold on i think i may have this
1: <laughs> that's never the thing ever that's never the thing you want to hear your opponent say when it's yeah. like uh, when you're sitting back like leaning back in your chair i got this game sewn up and then you watch him start doing math and it's like what could they
0: possibly have <laughs> it's the best <laughs> yeah it's i usually try to tell my opponents like oh can you kill me like i i mean i'll tell them like sure like if you can kill me i don't have anything i right. can do <laughs> you know yeah, that's amazing but um yeah so if i had to pick probably my favorite deck out of all cons that i played um Thopter deck would probably be really close. The other one would be this Jeskai mid range deck I played. Mm. Like I think when Origins came out, and it was um, probably my favorite version of Jeskai. It had um, the creatures were four Goblin rabble Masters, Hangerback Walker, N- Flip Jace, yeah. Mantis Rider, and Pia and Kieran. Oh, um, it was so freaking good. That
1: just sounds like a lot of fun to play.
2: <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, it um, it's, it's reminiscent of like what Dark Jeskai is now, you know. You're not going to be playing a lot of creatures, and it's a little bit slower, and you have a lot of stuff to be able to, you know, wipe the board with right. and all that. But man, it would just wipe people's faces.
1: I mean, that was part it of was... the power of Goblin Rabble Master. I mean, that's that's a card that I that I miss terribly.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do that eight whack Goblin mm-hmm. deck for modern and I don't, I don't have like all the cards for it. And instead of I forget which creature I replaced with, but I put in my play set of goblin rabble master. I know it's not the greatest card, but I don't care. (laughs) I want to play it. I don't care about taking it to tournaments. It's just going to be, I want to have goblins.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's, and
0: you're going to, that's
1: part of the beauty of magic, isn't it? (laughs) You could just be like, I just want, I don't care if it's not the best. I, I just want to do it.
0: What do you think was your jankiest deck that you can think of you took to FNL? Oh F&M man, my jankiest deck. when Cons deck. was out. My jankiest deck. I've got two that were pretty janky that one of them did pretty decent when I took it for a couple of weeks. The other one I just took as a complete joke. I think I told you about it. Um the wall deck.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, that that was probably was, my jankiest the
1: formation the, deck, right?
0: Yep. I think the other jankiest deck I took, and I was super excited to build this and play, it was a token deck when um cons first came out. So I had um I had Elspeth of course, um and then I had Archetype of Courage, Elvish Mystic, Fleece Mainline, Hornet Nest, Soldier of the Pantheon, and Sylvan Caryatid as my creatures. What fucking con shit did I have? In there? <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like no con stuff at all. Yeah, um, there was no cons cards in here. Okay, never. So this is more of a Theros deck than anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, wrong, uh, wrong goodbye show there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought I had well because I built this during cons, so I thought I had some cons cards. in Well, and to
1: be fair, I mean Theros was still legal. I mean, it, it it wasn't like Theros was gone when cons was around. So I mean, that's that is fair.
0: Oh, you know what? This was a budget deck, so I had Blossoming uh-huh. Sands in there. So, boom. There you go. It's cons. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible card, but hey, it, it cost me 20 bucks. Well, to Well, there buy.
1: you go, then. You can't ask for much better than that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even though Elspeth was pretty expensive, I think I pulled her in, in a prize pack or something. I know I didn't buy her out Oh, I miss up. But the I know, God. If she was in the format right now, oh, man, white would be white, probably like white-blue or white-black control would be so good right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh rooms
0: god but oh my god tokens would be freaking beyond i don't if think we could
1: was... i don't think that would be a thing that would be fun to play against at all
0: <laughs> yeah, but she's dead though right i
1: think in the storyline yeah but you know how long is that gonna last yeah. oh i know
0: god right. i don't i don't even want to think about the magic story because now it's like we have like our what fifth Jace Planeswalker now and yeah freaking freaking Jace. <laughs> God, it's like now I really like Jace. He's probably added the Lorwyn 5. Him and Chandra are probably my yeah. favorite. But it's just they put him in everything. It's like why? I mean, I get it. He's probably like the face yeah, of he's, Magic, he's but it's like come boy. on.
1: I mean, he's definitely the poster boy of Magic: The Gathering for sure.
0: But it's like come on, just use someone else. I mean, you have plenty of other planeswalkers that don't get enough you know Showtime. all they
1: have to do is print you know another planeswalker a different planeswalker that is just as powerful as jace the mind sculptor and boom you've got your new poster child right there oh yeah. that'll never happen no, and...
0: <laughs> oh yeah probably not not until you know they decide to kill off jace and then he comes back as you know a blue black you know zombie oh or
1: something. man oh man
0: boom there you go wizards Boom. It's a combination of Mind Sculptor and Liliana the Veal. Oh we're gonna,
1: we're gonna trademark that right now. So wizards, you can make checks payable to uh, Magic with Zoopy. <laughs> for that idea. For that incredible idea that we just came up with.
0: <laughs> yep. Boom. <laughs> now, um it's like when I when I read I, I don't read all the all the uncharted realms or all the magic stories, but I'll, you know, go on to Wiki and, you know, just Sort of read up the synopsis of each set or whatever you know I gotta say it's it gets almost tiresome after a while, like I don't know the stories of every set, but it it gets tiresome that each set there's always like this big bad guy, or there's always something evil going mm-hmm. down, and all that it's and I get that it's it's a magic, it's a magical world, and there's always gonna be bad guys, but can't they just? come up with something different besides just hey there's a big bad guy and we got to stop him yeah i mean or in a way
1: i i feel like they probably could um but that is such a you know a tried and true fantasy trope that it's kind of hard to get away from uh but uh i feel like they could and i I feel like they've gotten a lot better with their storylines it doesn't feel quite the same um especially with like the uh well, I mean, since we're talking about cons, the Khan's the cons, Fate Dragons storyline I felt was was interesting in the way that it wasn't like we're going to fight the big baddie, you know. It was more like, you know, the yeah. big baddies are coming and, and we need to find Ugin because he's the only one that knows how to stop the big baddies, you know, and
0: so yeah. I mean And I, I did like that the whole time travel aspect. I that that is a uh, one of the when you read like the flavor of the cards, like you know the little flavor text, that that probably was one of my favorite sets that had really good flavor oh, text. Oh, I loved it. And I it...
1: loved it. And and I'm and I'll I'll admit my nerdum here is I'm I love card flavor. Um, I think I expressed how much card flavor really means to me when we were talking uh, Shadows over Innistrad a few weeks back. But uh, yep. <laughs> but yeah, no, the the whole thing was just incredible and and you know it's appropriate that we started talking about storylines because cons and fate like this is something they never tried before you know
0: and they've never done time travel like like this this. before
1: i mean i think they've done a couple of things with time travel before but not where it was like you know here's this plane and now we're all gonna time travel and when we come back it's gonna be completely different and, and we're coming back in the third set of this block you know it was it was so cool and it made for such an interesting like i i followed the storyline hardcore like it it was so cool to me to to watch them evolve this uh this new idea and and i hope that they kind of took lessons from uh from this storyline and apply it to sets to come cuz uh they they
0: struck some pretty solid gold here yeah cuz what i liked with it was it wasn't so black exactly. and white it wasn't so Oh, this is the bad guy. We got to stop. It. Exactly. And, um, like, and I also loved comparing cards from like cons to dragons and seeing, you know, okay, what's happened with Surak or what's happened with, you know, Zergo, what's happened with Narset, that was you know, one of in the, between the two different That was timelines. honestly
1: one of the coolest things I think ever was just the whole, like, you know, we're going to see these guys again, but when you see them, they're going to be completely different. Or even just oh, even yeah. just some of the card art. Like I remember, I just I, I remember specifically uh, uh, when you know they printed Tassiger the Golden Fang in uh, in Fate Reforged, which was a card that I was absolutely in love with. Um, oh, that's
0: probably my favorite card uh, in Fate.
1: I, it's up there. It's not quite my favorite card in Fate. I think my absolute favorite card in Fate had to be Monastery Mentor.
0: Um, oh yeah, I forgot but, about uh, that
1: one. But. Tasigur was right up there, and, and I just remember squealing like a little girl when uh, when Dragonlord Sel- Selimgar got planted, and there was Tasiger as a necklace on Dragonlord Selimgar, yeah. and I was just like, are you kidding me right now? This is a thing?
0: Just yeah, did. that was badass.
2: Ah, it was
1: awesome. I-, I loved seeing all these little nuances with the art and... Um, the uh, the fate promos that they did that were like the alternate art fate promos and uh, it was just it was cool it just felt the whole set was just a feel good warm blanket of a set
0: yeah it's um it they really try to go with like the back to the future esque type changes yeah, exactly. you know what I mean
1: like what you do in the past really does affect the present so be careful.
0: yeah because it was definitely a nice change of pace because before that was theros and theros was all about you know what it was they were first trying to stop xenagos i think in this story and then then it ends up being what heliod was the bad guy the god of the sun Uh, right kind of it? it
1: was more like they were they were really i mean the whole deal in the original bit i thought was that Erebos, the 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 death God was kind of like who you thought the bad guy would be. Uh, and then yeah, that's right. Xenagos kind of became the bad guy because he was the, the planeswalker that decided he was going to become a God and he rose to God status. Yep. So they sent Elspeth to kill him. And then, you know, after she kills Xenagos, Heliod kills Elspeth and, you know, a twist. Yep. It was very Shyamalan esque, but, uh, but it was yeah. refreshing because it, that's, that was very, that was very linear. You know, and Theros was a very, very linear set. There wasn't too much surprising going on in Theros.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But uh,
1: but Cons was definitely a, a good shakeup there, and um, and I think uh, coming out of Cons into uh, Shadows over Innistrad is going to be a, another really nice change of pace because we are going back to that more linear style of deck building. We're going back to the more um, you know, the, the simpler mana bases, the more simple decks and just, you know, seeing where that takes us.
0: Yeah. And we really need it right now, especially for, um, for more growth to happen because now with, you know, the new dual lands that are out and even the dual lands from Zendikar, they're not expensive no. at all. They're like what four or five bucks a pop compared to 20 bucks a pop for a yeah, fetch land. Yeah. It, it, yeah it's it's going to
1: be good. Um, i'm wondering you know there are some there are definitely some cards that have have started to skyrocket in value already oh,
0: of course but, they um
1: <laughs> like uh, uh the Abbey is the one that i'm thinking of the most like when it was spoiled i think it was like a five dollar card and now it's all like a 21 one dollar card um yeah so I'm,
0: it's all stupid hype yeah
1: and, i mean there's going to be a lot of that and Prices, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not a Magic finance guy. That that's not my field at all. Um, but yeah, it, there's always that that spike of hype that makes prices go all over the place and then they come back down. But those dual lands are never going to be the kind of expensive that fetch land was. You know, it, when I feel like Magic, especially Standard, is a lot easier to swallow when you can get your mana base for a reasonable price and then fill in the more expensive cards as you go. It feels, it feels worse when you can pick up, you know, uh, your, your play set of planeswalkers for cheaper than you can pick up your play set of lands, you
0: know? Yeah, that is always one of the, I agree with that there. It's more exciting that you have to, you know, maybe buy a play set of Avacyn, say they're 15 bucks each and you're spending that much, that much money for a play set. And it's, it's exciting because you're getting an awesome creature instead of spending, you know, a hundred bucks on the Exactly. It's like And
1: and that's where all you know, all deck building kinda of begins with, you know, how good is my mana base? So it, it doesn't yeah. matter if I have, you know, the four uh, you know, four Avisons or four Sorens or whatever is going to be the most super powerful card, if I don't have the lands to back if I can't afford the lands, then I can't afford the deck. But I can I can build you know, if I can afford the lands, I can maybe build a less powerful version of the deck that still feels powerful because my lands come in on time. You know, so yeah, not having the fetch lands, not having these super expensive duels, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a much easier pill to swallow going forward.
0: Yeah, and I don't see these um duel lands from Zendikar going up that much. I mean, I can see them being you know, budget pieces for modern decks. Yeah. If you don't feel like spending in shock lands.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that they will, I think their price is going to come up a little bit. Um, just because that they do play so nicely with the, uh, shadowed over Innistrad duels, but they're, but they're never yeah. going to top, like, you know, they're never going to top double digits in price. Like there's just no, oh,
2: yeah. so
0: the,
1: the mana bases are going to be very reasonable price wise, uh,
0: going forward. Which is what we oh, need right now. <laughs> and we don't need $90 planeswalkers again. <sighs> Jay's friends prodigy. Uh, it's like, even though I have a place that I'm still like, it, uh, it irritates me that it's that it's much It's going to stay
1: that way too, man. I mean, madness and delirium are a thing and jace is like the perfect enabler for those decks. So it's it's never and, that that card is not coming down anytime soon at all.
0: It's probably just going to go it up a more. It could.
1: I mean, it's it's already, you know, I've I've seen prices way up there and a lot of people are already dropping the the mind sculptor references on price and I'm like ugh, if it if it gets that high it's just oh, it'll make my stomach churn. <laughs>
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, trying to think of what else. I think one of my other. I guess going back to some decks. I think one of. Probably my. Another favorite deck that I played was my Blue Black Dragon mm-hmm. Control during cons. Oh, man. With um, Ashiok having two of those and then having Liliana Vess and Ugin. Oh, man. Ugin, especially. It was just nasty. I mean, I
1: think. You know, Ugin, while he wasn't my favorite card from Fate Reforged, it was definitely the card that shaped my deck building more than any other card that I owned. Uh, Ugin oh, yeah. was just, like, you know, this. he was just the control player's dream. Uh, and a big Planeswalker that immediately stabilizes your board, takes over the game, and, you know, with it being colorless mana it it just it felt so easy to slip two ogans into your blue black control or your your esper dragons control deck you know it it just felt so nice,
0: yeah I never did go the Esper route because at the time when dragons first came out, Ojatai was what thirty bucks yeah, well that yeah and yeah. i I just refused to pay that much for Ojatai, so I just did blue black where i had i only had six creatures in this deck, two dragon lord sunligars one regular salamander and three icefall mm. regents and everything else is you know four planeswalkers and everything else was all counter spells and you know crux of fate and any board wipes and it was just it was nasty like i don't know how many times i would just get people conceding to me out of frustration because i would counter everything they did oh do.
1: yeah <laughs> and and that was it was yeah, that was the absolute beauty of that deck is that you could play such few creatures cuz honestly a lot of times you wound up just not playing any creatures cuz all their stuff was getting countered.
0: Yep. And I don't know how many times that I would play against someone and I would pull you know put down Liliana Vess and then they would either try so hard to kill her or just ignore it and let me ultimate with her. It's like um you realize you've got a lot of creatures in your graveyard, right? and they're all mine
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like i would just want to tell people like come on do something about her
1: <laughs> oh man
0: or 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 just even ashiok i loved playing ashiok against abzan players and just stealing their siege rhinos and playing their siege rhino oh, absolutely oh, it was so it was the best feeling ever Especially when you do her plus two, and you see like two siege rhinos come off the top, you're just like, yes, you're just, you just feel
1: like you're doing it at that point, you know. Like that's, oh, that I was know. the, you know, honestly, I, th- I feel like, you know, and I did go the esper route and build esper dragons, and that was the, that was one of the first times I remember in cons block feeling like I had that Abzon was not a bad matchup for me and it was just like oh, it was yeah. just like I can hang with Abzan and if I if I stabilize and drop a Jerry and Lord agitated I am not losing this game you know it, it just felt good to kind of play on their level for once
0: yep i i know exactly what you meant i i would beat i'd be able to beat Abzan Abzan with um my blue black control i think one of my favorite oh wait i just lost it I just had a memory of what I did, and I lost it. <laughs> it'll Damn come it. back to you. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll come back. But, um, oh, that's right, that's right, I just remembered. I think one of my, one of the best games I played against was, and, and, and this is one of the best games where the guy just scooped because I kept on countering everything. He would, um, oh, God, what was he playing? I don't remember what deck he was playing, but it was like a mid-range. I don't think it was Obzon, but um, he would... Like, I literally, every time he would try to play a creature, I would counter it. And I had, and I didn't even have any creatures out at the time. Or I had, or I had one creature or whatever it was. I was just doing very little damage to him or no damage at all. I had at one point where I had, he he just got so frustrated and I had six lands in my hand. And he was about to play something, but he's like, you know what? I scooped, <laughs> and then I, I, and as soon as he scooped, I showed him my hand. I had like six islands or something. He's just like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> uh, but I, pl- I, pl- I felt like I played it off so well because I was like, new in my poker face, too. It was the best.
1: That's, I mean, that was the fun part of playing that deck, and, um. I feel like we would be remiss if we if we went a a time talking about cons and fate without mentioning the fact that uh that delve is going bye-bye. Um
0: Yeah, that's right. It is. It was God, that mechanic is so Oh, busted.
1: it was, but it felt so good.
0: <laughs> oh man, I I especially hated when I wasn't playing Jeskai or control if I was trying to do something else and you see someone just start delving away, and it's like, oh, look, a dig-through time. Yes. Oh, look, another dig-through time. Oh, oh great, there was, another dig-through time. There <laughs>
1: was just no better feeling. I, I mean, I just remember playing that Esper Dragons deck and being like, you know, just just going into that end-of-turn dig-through time and, and hitting another dig-through time on that and just, just churning through cards. Like, it just felt incredible. Uh, and then getting cards like you know Tasigur the Golden Fang, where it was just like, yeah, I'll just I'll just have a Terma Goyf, that seems fine, pretty uh,
0: much. And then I'll just let you pick a spell to come back into my hand. Yeah, head.
1: exactly. It's like, well, do you want to give me this or this? Both are bad for you, but you got to give me one of them.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, like I I love playing Tassiger in my Grixis Delver deck. It's if he survives just one turn, it's like, oh, you're yeah. you're done. You realize that, right? I'm just going to keep tapping at the end of your turn, and you're going to keep giving me back counters and burn it's spells.
1: It's just pure, <laughs> glorious card advantage.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. And it's... um, And, you know, I ha- I have to say the card I'm surprised at the most that ever made it into, mo- into Modern was the Gurmah Yeah, Angler. Zombie Fish!
2: It was Zombie Fish! I mean,
0: I can remember when, you know, Fate just came out, or, or maybe it was when Dragons, when I started looking into modern because i wanted to build elves i started looking at grixis delver i'm like why the fuck is there's a common fate card here (laughs) he's like he costs seven mana and then i start noticing there's a delve theme i'm like oh okay (laughs) it's like well shit get a what a five five by turn two
1: yeah here's my five five for one (laughs) mana that that seems fine (laughs)
0: And then you just cry when they kill it instantly. Oh yeah,
1: I mean, but it, it was still <laughs> hilarious. I mean, I just, I, I, I oh, even yeah. remember, you know, with with Gurmag Angler, that pro tour when Patrick Chapin brought that like Esper Delve deck in, they were playing modern and he brought this weird janky Esper Delve deck that had four Gurmag Anglers in it. And just everybody being like, what in the world is he doing? And I'm, I'm watching it (laughs) and I'm like, this looks like the most fun anyone's ever had playing magic.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I didn't see that, but I can just imagine that would be fun. Was that before or after dig and treasure were banned?
1: That was, I think that was after treasure cruise was banned, but before dig was banned. Um,
0: Oh, okay. but uh
1: that it was that pro tour it was the it, i think it was actually pro tour fate reforged was the modern one but i remember oh, okay. i remember that it was modern and i remember that everybody was bringing you know the the staple modern stuff and then here comes patrick chapin with a with an esper deck with four Gromog anglers and Tassigers and it was just it was it was a glorious sight
0: <laughs> god that's nasty Oh, man. You want to talk about shaking modern up? Why don't we bring back Dig Through Time? Let's just make Grooks' yeah, broken. Yeah.
1: You know, honestly.
0: And Blue broken. I
1: think Dig Through Time was fine. I, I understand. I understand banding Treasure Crews. I really do.
0: Oh, yeah. That's an ancestral recall, yeah, pretty I, much. I, I get right it. There.
1: I totally understand. But honestly, I really felt like Dig Through Time was fine. I mean, it, it, it was powerful and, and it made. You know, some decks very, very, very powerful, but it it wasn't nearly as broken as Treasure Cruise was in 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 more Eternal formats. I really felt like it was fine.
0: Yeah, I can't really comment because I didn't play um, Modern or Legacy when it was around, so I was still a Standard baby at the time. The, the Legacy thing um...
1: especially surprised me because I mean it was played. I mean, it was played in Legacy, but it was really only played in Miracles, and it wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like Dig Through Time was the card that made that was making Miracles busted and and of just a nightmare to play against. I mean, if we want to blame a card for that, it's Sensei's Divining Top, but I don't think they're, oh, I don't yeah. think they're ever banning that card. But for some reason, they felt the need to ban Dig Through Time, and I, I didn't really get it. I mean, I I do fully recognize the power level of dig through time and and I love that card to pieces but uh and it, it's sad to me that I I won't be able to play it anymore anywhere going forward besides
0: vintage and that's not happening. But well, you can play it in commander. Well
1: yeah, that's true too. Yeah,
0: but it just doesn't feel the same in commander. Absolutely. You're just like there's there's so many other better tutors out there that you can find the exact card you want instead of having to dig for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like why do I want so, to look at the top seven cards of my library when i can just play demonic tutor <laughs> and go get exactly, yeah, exactly what i want
0: <laughs> or even um even you know dark petition yeah. look for another you know or any any of the tutors like diabolic tutor not just demonic but hell even mystical tutor worldly tutor you know whatever
2: yeah
1: I mean, those kind of those kind of dig me deep into my deck cards just aren't as fun in Commander, and it, it's sad that I won't get to play them in in Legacy or Modern. But I mean, like, like I said, I, I understand the power level, and, and I definitely understand the the treasure cruise ban in both of those formats because you know, ancestral recall. But uh, I, I don't understand the dig ban. I really don't.
0: Wizards hates fun. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They just don't want people having fun.
1: Obviously, I mean, obviously that that's why they just keep putting out more and more and more and more and more cards. They they hate us having fun as Magic players. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, take a look at Eldrazi. I mean, they hated they hated the Eldrazi fun so much they banned um, I of Ugin. Oh,
1: I yeah, I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, surpri- I think I told you this. Like surprisingly, Eldrazi never really made a hit in my meta for yeah, modern. Well, we hadn't mentioned that. It was,
1: and, and honestly, which, it, it didn't make a big splash in my local format either. Uh, I think
0: it's because everybody knew well, it was going to be absolutely. banned in a few months.
1: I mean, that was just a garen goddamn tea. You know, we were just—I remember watching the pro tour with uh, with a buddy of mine from the shop. He came over, and you know, we were just having a couple beers and watching the pro tour. And as we were watching, We were like, that card's really, I mean, that deck is really stupid powerful. Are you going to play it? Nope. It's going to get banned in a couple weeks. Yeah, probably. All right, we won't buy it. You know, it was just, we just (laughs) knew right away this was not going to last.
0: Yeah, and that one guy, I forget his name, who was playing the blue-red variant, who was basically playing, like, Eldrazi Spy Spawner, (laughs) or, yeah, Sky Spawner, and, um, what, Drowner of Hope, you know, shitty-ass cards you would normally vile never aggregate. play. That deck and ran
1: vile aggregate. for.
0: Yeah, who who plays that? No one does. <laughs> Especially in Modern, but it's like as soon as, you know, Oath came out, they're just like, boom, you know, we're just going to throw up Eldrazi everywhere. It's
1: fast mana, man. I, I, I honestly think I that is, you know, say what you want to about Planeswalker, say what you want to about, you know, one mana draw three cards as being the most powerful. No. The power, most powerful thing in magic, is fast mana. It will always be the most powerful thing in magic,
0: and yep, and it's always what people gravitate towards. Oh, absolutely, because
1: it feels so good. You know, it feels good to play a turn two reality smasher. You know, a turn three, a turn two thought thought not seer into a turn three
0: reality smasher. Who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, there's a reason why Soul Ring is banned in modern oh, yeah. and legacy.
1: There's a, reason, there's a reason why Black Lotus will never, ever, ever see the light of day again. Because it's just, fast mana is just
0: busted. I think they'll reprint it one day. Oh. I, I think they'll, I mean, not for, um, you know, standard play or anything like that. I just think. There's, there's got to be one day they're going to cave and reprint those reserved list cards.
1: Yeah, I, you know, and honestly, we could probably do a full episode on that just because I have a lot to say when it comes to the reserved list. Yeah. But I really do – one day I hope to look back and say, hey, remember when they had that thing called the reserved list? How shitty was that? <laughs> yeah, I really hope one day yeah. I can look back on that and say that. But who knows?
0: Yeah, maybe they'll come up with a new reserve list, you know. Hope so. I don't know. Rotate no, some stuff no off dig. that thing, man. Yeah, I mean God, I was looking at um when I was trying to build when when I was trying to build um my first legacy deck, I've only got one mono-green stompy and crap, when I look up the reserve list, there was one card I really wanted. To put in it because it just seemed so fucking good, and I didn't know it was on the reserve list. And God, I think it was printed in Urza's. I think this is it right here. Yes, Argothian Worm. Arthian I wanted... worm. It's um. It costs. It's three generic, one green, and it has trample. When Argothian Worm comes into play, any player may sacrifice a land to put Argothian Worm on top of its owner's library. Ah. Uh-huh. And it's a six-six. So I was thinking. So I was like building this mono-green Stompy deck. You know, just thinking. Oh, I'm gonna have Argothian Worm as a two or three of, and play this motherfucker. And then I go look, like, oh, he's banned. I'm like, no fuck. <laughs> so I had to redo my whole plan all over Eesh. again. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah that that card is pretty busted. But I mean, there's there's ways to stop it. You know, you just kill it. Or counter it you know yeah
1: I mean and it's not that it's it's from what I'm showing in its legality it's legal in legacy but
0: wait I thought it was I thought it was banned oh no it's yeah reserved. it's on the
1: reserved list not not every card that's on the reserved list is banned those are just cards that they will never ever ever reprint is the way that they've stated it.
0: oh so I'm really smart but I, I, you know. yeah so I mean it's it's
1: reserved cards are not necessarily banned but they are they are cards that will never see the printing light of day again or at least that's the way wizards kind of describes it yeah which is unfortunate because a lot of these cards especially the ones from alpha and beta which i mean let's face it most of the cards on the reserve list are from the earliest magic sets are super cool like argothian worm you know that's a card that I had never even heard of, but that's a super cool card, and I wish that they could do something with it. But since it's on that stupid reserve list, we'll never ever see it again.
0: Yeah, like I'm looking at uh, this is just a random reserve card, Sedge Troll. It um costs two colorless, one red. You pay a black to regenerate it, and while controller has swamps in place, such troll gains plus one, plus one. Like, why is that reserved? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know, but I, I don't want to get into that too yeah. deep. But it's <laughs> Like just, I said,
1: you could almost do a whole episode on that, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, just, like, looking at some of these cards, like, why is this reserved? It makes no sense. It's It would make it be no issues reprinting, like, a card that costs ten cents. Like, who are you going to piss off? Yeah.
2: I mean
1: and there you know. are some that you just you you obviously can't like so, some of the oh, anti cards yeah. and um cards like chaos orb you know that just do that are just not fun for the game at all but uh yeah I mean it's just I I don't like the fact that there is a list of cards that will never ever see the light of day again it's just that's just not okay
0: yeah. And it's set and it's also sad because you know as as the years progress, you know, these cards are either getting destroyed or you know no one's going to sell them and you're never going to see yeah, them. Yeah, exactly.
1: Know? I mean, the older you go back, I mean, you don't see unopened packs of alpha and beta anymore. You, you, like those cards are going to become an ancient history.
0: And if you do, there it's going to be worth like Oh, well, you're of never going right to open there. <laughs> I mean... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd fucking open it, hell yeah. I'd I'd let my six-year-old open it, like, here, fuck it, do whatever you want. Yeah, right, I'd be kicking her ass. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? What have you done?
2: That's a mox jet, you fool.
0: It's like, you're grounded forever. You stay in your cage and never come back out.
1: Uh, anyone that's listening to this, don't call DCF on us. We're good parents. We swear.
2: <laughs> Sometimes.
0: <laughs> no, I don't put my kids in cages only when they're Yay. bad. Kidding. <laughs> yeah. Cause nowadays you say something like that. They're like, Oh, you'll have DCF and the police on oh, your door. immediately." I <laughs> you know? Oh God. But I'm um, trying to think, I guess we can end this. With, we didn't really get into fate too much, but it's getting a little bit late. Let's talk about our most hated cards in either set, and not minus Siege Rhino because that's just that's, way that's too easy. That's
1: the obvious one. We can't. We yeah. can't.
0: We can't do that. <laughs> like, just try to think of the card that as soon as someone played it, you're just like, "Well, fuck."
1: Uh, I would say probably the biggest one for me. There, there were two of them. Uh. The first one I think would have to be Wingmate Rock, um, just because yeah. there was never there was never a time that somebody played Wingmate Rock and I felt like I could I I I could easily come back from that. Uh, that card was just so good, and you know it it was it was a real grown tester for me. It was turn five comes <laughs> around and they and they make some kind of funky attack. I'm like, well I know what's coming down next. Here comes that Wingmate Rock. Um, so that one got the groan test for me. And, and the other one, honestly, for me, it was Jeskai Ascendancy. Uh, oh, God, that freaking deck. Yeah, it, it was, you know, it wasn't just the fact that the deck itself was so uninteractive and so just a pain in the butt. But that card just felt like if they ever started going off with that card, I just, I just felt like there was nothing I could do. And, and as soon as they played it, I'm like, oh, well, here we go. I've got to race against this thing, which is just the most unfun thing to race against ever. Uh, so, yeah, Jeskai Ascendancy and Wingmate Rock would probably be two of the highest on my list. Discarding Siege Rhino, of course.
0: Yeah. It's, um... And the only time, because we had one guy that would play nothing but that Ascendancy mm-hmm. deck, and the only time I could ever play him was when I played Control. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're trying to play Ascendancy? Nope, get out of here. Oh, okay, you got Ascendancy out, but you're trying to play your combo piece? Nope, get out of here. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And I mean, and 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 that's the way that deck is, even in the modern version of it. It's a very fragile combo deck. I wouldn't say that it's a super awesome combo deck. It's it's been a fragile one, but even when people... The, the funny thing about that card was, yeah, it was a combo deck, but at the same time, they could just play a bunch of token makers and run you over with four four soldier tokens all of a sudden out of nowhere.
0: Yep, yeah, man, that's happened to me too. Yeah, it,
1: it was just it was silly. I mean, that card just made it turned races around so fast that if you if you didn't have a way to get it off the table, the game was just over. So that uh, that was a, a big groaner for me. If I if turn three came around, Jeskai Ascendancy, oh god, all right. All right, we're gonna slog through this now. Here we go, yep,
0: yeah. yeah, I think if I had to choose the cards that I hated playing against the most, as much as I love this card, I hated playing against Tassiker. oh hey. man, um, if you could not take care of them quickly, you're just well, I'm gonna keep giving you good spells or like you know really shitty spells, and God, what would be my other one that I hated playing against um I think it'd probably be Crackling Doom when Dark Jeskai became yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, because especially if you're playing a slower deck that had one to two creatures out, and Crackling Doom came aboard, you're just like, well, fuck. Yeah,
1: and I think the... I mean, I love the card Crackling Doom, but it was it was definitely... Oh, yeah. It felt so harsh against you, right? Because it was like, not only are you... You're, it's not like another sack outlet card. Like normal like like foul tongue Invocation. You know, that card was sacrifice a creature. Well okay fine, I can sacrifice this Thopter token or I can sacrifice this, you know, measly thing, but I've still got my big thing. But Crackling Doom mm-hmm. always hit your biggest thing every time. And it nugged you in the head for two. So it was just like I can't even count how many times that I was I've been playing against a guy a dark Jeskai deck and they've you know, just cast Crackling Doom to nug me for that last two points of damage when I didn't even have a creature on the table.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, that's all I can say is just, yep. Oh, oh, I'm looking at um some of my cons cards right now. Um, Another one that I always hated seeing is whenever they dashed in Kholigon, just like, you know you're in some fucking shit. And once they start dashing that in It was always time. so
1: unexpected to... I think that was the hard part, was that, you know, when that card was spoiled even, I remember saying and thinking, oh, that's cool, but uh, I probably won't see play. And it was just one of those really out of nowhere, like, five mana, here's Culligan. what are you going to do? And. I'm like, well, yeah. I can't kill it this turn. All right, well, it's gonna go bounce back to my hand. And it's like, well, well, fuck, this crux of fate I have is gonna do nothing now. I, like, all right, I guess I'll try to counter it when it comes back down. No,
0: it, it was, it was a pain. Oh, I know. And what, um, and dash was even so good and limited too. If you had a lot mm-hmm. of dash cards, you had to
1: get almost a critical just... mass of them. But when you did, they were, they were fun. They were a lot of fun.
0: God, I was just looking at, um the draft decks i had um one mardu draft where i managed to actually pull three goblin heel cutters oh and no one was taking boy that's just
1: not even okay
0: yeah so i would i would um obviously hard cast two of them then just keep on flashing one of them and just be like yep you're gonna not be able to stop me at all
1: (laughs) it's so true
0: oh man i love that guy (laughs) oh you know i'm looking at this card right here and i gotta say this was probably it was not played a lot when it came out at least not that i remember in my meta but it was definitely a card that once as soon as you played it and you know your opponent was not expecting it at all. They just got either really pissy or they're scooped right away and started the next game. Deflecting
1: deflecting palm. palm. Yeah, I forgot about that card. Oh my gosh!
0: How I don't know how many times because I played it in one of the variants of Jeskai that I built because I built like three different Jeskai variants during um before Zendikar came out and one of them had deflecting bomb I don't know how many times I get people mad at me they you know they try to do like you know ten damage to me with one creature like nope sorry and you're dead
1: and that I mean honestly that's exactly the art on the card even just says it perfectly it's just that nope just whatever you're whatever you're trying to do <laughs> yeah. nope
0: god it's it, it felt way better than a counter spell oh, as a control oh, player it so did yeah, it's not fun to be played against, especially in modern burn. That it just yeah. sucks. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was probably a very fun card. Um, any other cards that I really hated? Wingmate Rock, yeah, definitely. Fucking hated it. God. It it's like that's probably like right right up there with um Siege yeah. Rhino.
1: Wingmate I mean, those two were buddies. I mean that was the top of their most powerful curve was Sea Rhino into Wingmate Rock. And it's just yeah, they'll they'll go down in history as best of friends, those two.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um trying to think of anything else. No, some of the other cards I hated were just in Theros that were so good with the yeah.
1: yeah, that is true. But um I, I do remember I mean, I didn't hate it just because I remember I played it a lot, but the original Sylumgar, Sylumgar the Drifting Death, that
0: Oh I love that I, one in my I loved
1: deck. it I loved it so much but I remember that that card made so many obs on players so salty just cuz that was that was the one card they just they could not kill none of their stuff was big Good. enough and and it blocked all it blocked every siege rhino all day long it was so annoying to play against uh and yeah it's Selengar the drifting death was uh was an excellent excellent tool against them.
0: Yeah, and they deserved it. Too. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean shit. They've dominated for how long now? Long enough. It,
1: it it feels like it feels like forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really does. Man. I'm trying to think of anything else. But yeah, I guess to end it all, it's definitely gonna be a set I miss. Because um like, when I was doing, you know, Innistrad, Ravnica, like, when Innistrad rotated out, yeah, it sucked, but it was, you know, okay, Ravnica seemed really, or, I mean, Theros seemed like it was going to be a pretty good addition, but then Theros and Ravnica turned out to be, what, blue-white control a lot and mono-black Yeah, well, yeah I mean, a lot.
1: once Theros, I mean, Theros just made everything stale. That That was one of the worst standard formats that I can remember on history. But uh yeah, I'm I'm I don't think that that's something we're going to have to worry about again, but it this this set was just such a breath of fresh air um coming off of that Theros standard season where it was just mono black and blue white control and and mono blue and that was about it. <laughs> it was yeah. It was painful.
0: Yeah, and it's going to it's definitely going to be missed, but I think it's I think it's at a time right now where, you know, especially with the shorter rotations, it's it's going to it's time to. Put I agree. Down.
1: But what would you uh, here's the question I'd want to ask. What would you give it? What would you give uh, cons and fate and its standard season if you had to give it a grade on a scale of one to ten? What would you give it?
0: Throughout the whole thing, including Theros? Uh,
1: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Just because during its standard season. So I guess that would be the tail end of Theros into Khan's fate dragons.
0: It's kind of hard because I feel like I'd give it a higher grade before Zendikar came out. I mean, that's fair. Or, or, Or actually before Origins came out. Because just in my local meta standard was really really popular and then origins came out it started to taper off a little bit and then when zendikar came out standard was pretty much dead it was the same 10 people every week and it's um and i think a lot of that had to do with the rising prices of fetch lands and especially with jace getting so high up there and just the rising cost of standard in general did not help it um so if I had to give it a grade one to ten, I might have to say between a six and seven. And and mainly the 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 reason why I give it a six is mainly because it really feel it felt like it did more damage to the format as a whole when Zendikar came out because of the dual lands. I mean that that's more of Zendikar's fault than
1: anything. Yeah, I, and and honestly, I'm right there with you about a. I, I was thinking in my head about a six to a seven, and it is honestly just because of of the uh of the fetches. I mean, I I enjoyed playing with the fetches sure, but I I agree with you. I think having near perfect mana uh really did a lot of a lot of harm a- and it made a lot of people not come into the game because it was just too prohibitive. Uh and yeah, standard and- is supposed to be that launching off point, you know, and, and I don't think that I don't think that this season of standard was a good launch for new players at all.
0: No, definitely not. It's I don't know how many times like I would feel bad that you know see new players starting in Zendikar or Oath and you know I'm playing, you know, four-color rally or or dark Jeskai or something or my Eldrazi ramp or landfall and I have all these fetches and they're playing Evolving Wilds and I'm just crushing them and I just it's like and, and you can tell on their face that they just look so Downtrodden because it's like, well, you know, I'm new to this game, and I'm, am I gonna get beat this badly all the time? Yeah, and it's like, especially when they can't put in a lot of money, and you know, people like us, we got the fetches as soon as they came out, but you know, people who are starting now, they're not gonna be able to get fetches at exactly, all. or you know, they have to pay a lot of money for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But... So,
0: so that that's like we were saying before, it's good that the mana base is gonna be considerably cheaper. Yes. now, especially with simpler decks, and I hope—I'm really, really hoping that standard becomes popular again in my area, because modern is holy crap becoming super popular on Mondays. I don't think
1: I don't think you'll complain too much about that though, because modern is is such an awesome format. But honestly, I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I think this standard is gonna be very exciting there's a lot of stuff that i've been keeping my eye on just as far as uh, brews that i've seen popping up testing that i've done on my own uh i'm i'm super excited for this standard season and i think we'll see a lot of really cool really interesting decks going forward
0: yeah i hope so man it's um like i said i don't i haven't really had any time brewing or anything, but. I've got my Eldrazi ramp deck ready except for the death caps and I'm and from what I've done just, you know, playing was what do they call it, goldfishing yeah. it. Um just goldfishing it. It it's still just about as fast as it was with, you know, with the fetch lands and stuff like that. I mean, I I never really used that many fetch lands to begin with, so I use a play set of wooded foothills, I think. And that was it. So even without those fetch lands, the, the ramping is still pretty fast there.
1: Excellent. Well, it sounds like you're ready to battle, man.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. It'll just be a couple weeks because everybody else will be drafting. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I got a PPTQ I'm going to go to on the 23rd. Oh, it's... Down in, I think it's down in Tampa. And um, yeah, man, I'll probably, if I can't come up with a cooler deck... Between now and then, I'll be bringing my Eldrazi Ramp deck to see how it does. Well,
1: I'm hoping uh, good luck to you, man. And, and honestly, I think it'll be a strong choice. That's that's one of the decks that I've had my ear to the ground on, and, and I, don't, I don't think you'll have a problem at all with that deck.
0: Yeah, let's hope not. I just got to, you know, play it. There decently. you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only downside. You got to learn how to play. Too Damn. true, man. Too true. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's been real. It's been awesome. It's been um, and it's getting a little late for me. Absolutely. We'll
1: we'll call it a night. And uh, it was an awesome time coming on and talking to you again, man. And uh, can't wait to see what this new standard brings.
0: Oh hell yeah, yeah. We'll have more stories.
2: Beautiful.
0: (laughs) All right, all right. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye.